Welcome to the Joe Rogan Experience Experience. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram at J-R-E-E Podcast. You can send us an email at jreepodcast at gmail.com. And if you feel like supporting the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash jreepodcast. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Let's get started. Here we go. Now let's get it all in perspective. We did it like that and now we do it like this. Do not attempt to adjust your down. Transmit live. Yo, let's get down to business. Now let's get it all in perspective. We did it like that and now we do it like this. Right. the underground world, every street and world. You may learn something. Experience. You are now listening to the Joe Rogan Experience. Experience with Chico, Simon, Kamar, and your host, Matt Floyd. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Joe Rogan Experience Experience. My name is Matt Floyd, joined as always by Kamar. Happy Easter. And Simon. Happy Passover. Oh my God, Simon, that was 10 times louder for no reason. Weird. Sorry. No, no, not your fault. I'm just trying to get the levels right. I boomed my voice really low, Matt, to try and... uh, Keep up with Kamar, well, the Joneses. You're, you're fucking up the whole set here. Yeah, I'll go back to normal. It's fine. Um, what we do here is very simple. The three of us have listened to every episode of the Joe Rogan Experience this week. Uh, we are going to rate each episode as well as the week on a scale of one to five Jamie Vernons. And then we are uh, going to delve uh, deeper into each episode, give our opinions, talking points, this, that, and the next. Kamar, how was your week? Great week, Matt. Got my uh, government assistance, and uh, I can now breathe, tread water, and uh, look forward to uh, getting out of this whole pandemic. Uh, Simon, how was your week? My week. My w- what day are we on of Sunday. the lockdown? Sunday, buddy. Oh, what day are we on? Who knows? Yeah. Kamar, do you know? Day 31. Uh, day 28. Well, it was the 15th. Start on the 15th. So, well, since that date, I've worn sweatpants. Every day. Every day. And, uh, yeah, again, I just, I feel like I'm built for this shit, man. I, I fast 15 hours a day, so I'm great on, um, I'm great on conserving food. And when I do eat, I'm happy to have bread and butter. So gotcha. I'm an ideal quarantine mate. How was your week, Maddie? <clears throat> uh, it was all right. I saw a great meme the other day. It was someone uh, someone posted their Wells a, a photo of their online banking Wells Fargo account, and it was like thirty four hundred and twenty five dollars COVID nineteen stimulus package, and then above it was twenty six hundred dollars exotic farms tiger cubs, and above that was eight hundred and seventy five dollars Walmart discount meats. <laughs> I thought that was good. I thought I'd throw that one in the mix. That's great. Um, my week was fine. Nothing. Uh, again, I find it actually difficult to listen to these podcasts when there's nothing to do, as opposed to when I had stuff to do. And the other problem is I can't. Most of the podcast work that I do involves me listening to our podcast, which means I can't listen. Like I can't edit our podcast and listen to Joe. You know what I mean? I can't do that at once. So it's tough. Anyway, should we uh, run down the shit here? Or rate the week, or uh, what are we going to do? You got it. Well, first of all, we had a big week with the One-Eyed Bandit, Den Crenshaw, 1454. The One-Eyed Bandit. um, Super fan, 
back again. Thought he'd never see him again. Lex Friedman, 1455. I'm going to say for the record, Lex Friedman will most likely be on bi-weekly at this point. I think he'll be every episode just in the chair. What I said to Simon. Yeah, he might turn into Brian. He's the new Brian. We wrapped up the, the week with professional skeptic. I'm sick of him. Michael Shermer, 1456. All right. Um, we'll rate the week. We'll start with you, Kamar. Please and thank you. On a scale of one to five, Jamie Vernon's. What do you rate oh, the week? For, I also forgot to mention that he threw in an MMA with Brendan Schaub, who have been calling for a while at the end there. I rate the week uh, three. Oh, Simon doesn't like that. Simon, what do you rate the week then? No, no, sorry. I'm just, I'm getting some weird feedback here. I rate the week um, uh, three, a 2.75. I don't know, somewhere around there, man. All right. Um, I'll give the week Shermer Freeman. Uh, oh God. Yeah, two seven five. I guess. What's wrong, Simon? I don't know. What is that? My weed bag. Oh, that's what that is. Gotcha. Sorry, I am gonna roll a joint. It's nothing personal. No worries. Um. All right. So those are the guests. Those are the ratings. Let's uh. Let's dive head first into this motherfucker. All right, uh, fourteen fifty-four. Daniel Crenshaw. I was going to use. I was going to use Kamar's thing. It's so rude, though. I couldn't. Uh, the one I banded. Couldn't bring myself to insult the military man's uh, injury. Sorry. I will say this about Dan Crenshaw. He showed from Saturday Night Live. He's at least got a sense of humor. So I have no problem with what Kamar said. Um, I do have a problem with some things Dan Crenshaw said. Can I say just off the bat, um, Joe was giving him a hard time with the books behind him, and he actually said aloud, well, I don't really read. I sort of dabble in books. Yeah. But I wrote a book. Your credibility is sort of gone. You well, then the best is he goes, I read my book. I read that one a bunch, and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, we hope so. But you, all the other books you just peruse and dabble in, and you call yourself an author. What are we doing here? Hold on. The worst part, too, was it wasn't even like it was a giant bookshelf rife with books. It was like it was like the smallest IKEA bookshelf you could buy with probably 25 books on it. In, in all fairness to Dan Crenshaw, uh, how difficult is it to read with one eye? Oh, wow. Well, I, maybe you I, know what? Maybe he's got an Audible account like me that's just chock full of books. I felt watching it that the the eye that's not there was actually the one doing all the work. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a weird illusion. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, where do we start with this guy? He's clearly very against uh, Medicare for all. I think that was... Well, that's the big crux of this whole podcast was that discussion. Uh, he did come out and was able to gloat about the media's treatment of Trump. Well, sure, but I mean, the media's treatment of everything is shit. So why do we even care? Why is that a talking point? Like, Well, because he's a Republican, so he's uh, towing the party line. So he had a moment to bask in the sun after he admitted that he doesn't really read. I mean, my problem is this, he like his whole thing and a lot of people's whole thing is like, well, we shouldn't be, you know, like you said, Kamar, this isn't a time for bipartisan, whatever. If Obama was in power right now and this was happening, he would be getting lambasted by the entire right wing, right? You, they, they would be blaming him essentially for this pandemic. So 
I got to say, I'm a little bit tired of hearing people on the right be like, whoa, whoa, this is a bipartisan issue. It's Like I said before, I think all heads should roll on both sides of the fucking floor. I don't give a fuck who. A lot of people need to be fired. But this guy is just like, to me, this guy is the epitome of Republican. But this is not a time to point fingers, to try and get political gain. This is time to like, figure this shit out. You know what I mean? And then when this is done, then heads roll and then fingers get pointed. And then the Democrats can um, uh, impeach Trump again or whatever the fuck they want to do. But let's get through this, you know, because slowing shit down, slowing down incentive, whatever. I don't know. Well, I have two problems with what you said. The first is the big problem. They're going to reelect someone in like three or four months. So it actually is the time, unfortunately, for that because you can't like the other thing too is if someone is doing such a terrible job at dealing with this don't you want them out sooner or you're just going to let them ride the storm and see how they do like it seems and i'm not saying anyone could do better i'm not saying if you plunk in any one candidate right now they would do exponentially better i don't think they would that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying i don't think trump's doing a bang-up job at this well, I don't think our prime minister is doing a bang up job at this. Like, show me a leader that's doing a bang up job at this point. And uh, hold on, at least our prime minister is somewhat of an actor who can act like he's fucking. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, Trump it's is the just, actions, though, not the acting. The he's doing what he did the whole time. Like, at least he's consistent. That okay? I mean, I, I can't go with at least he's consistent. That's like being like, well, Hitler. At least he was consistent. That's the best I got for you. All right, fine. So do we want to talk about the Medicare thing then? Because that seemed to be this guy's big fucking. I think it was interesting how Joe really pressed him on it. Because I've said in the past, I think Joe sort of like uh, believes in uh, the American healthcare system. But he, he, it'd be nice if Dan Crenshaw could say, maybe some way, somehow we could try something different. But he's so just staunchly against it. The competition, it's 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 a it's a you're never going to get anywhere with him. Yeah, he well, my big problem is he acts like systems around the world that aren't theirs don't work at all. Like he acts like our system and Britain's system is just a broken system that does not work at all. Like I've I'm thirty eight seven. I've I've been in a coma. I've you know what I mean. Like I've used our system, and I can tell you that. It, you can sit there and be like, it's maybe not as efficient as the U.S. system or whatever. This guy's owned by insurance companies, though. Let me tell you that first off. Because if this guy's solution was the insurance companies will work it out, then we have a huge problem. Because insurance companies will not work it out. And him being like, if we just get better plans and have more insurance companies to to um, create competition with each other, that's total horseshit across the board. He's... he's... <coughs> He's making it seem like the insurance company's sole purpose is not to screw over the uh, customers. Yeah, he never once brought up the fact that an insurance company will do everything in its power to not pay you out. That's Everything in its power and then 10 miles beyond. Precisely. So his whole argument of like, well, if we just get another a couple insurance companies in here to compete. No, that is total horseshit. I'll give you an example too. When no, I move- that may bring the prices down, it but won't. it will not... I mean, yeah, in theory, it'll bring the prices down. Matt. I'm going to give you an example, though. In, I agree with you. In theory, so British Columbia um, privatized their insurance. 
I think. Yeah. Well, we have private insurance here, though, don't we? Either way, there was something about BC. Yes, we have private insurance. Well, I can't remember what it was, but when I moved out to BC, the insurance out there was exponentially higher. And someone was explaining to me it's because years ago they privatized it. Same thing with alcohol. They privatized alcohol out in BC because they were like the government was running a fucking um, a monopoly on it. Like we have here, like the LCBO. They used to have that in BC and they were like, if we privatize it, the prices across the board will drop. We'll have competition. It'll be cheaper. All the booze in BC is more expensive. In fact, if you want booze that's, if you want cold beer, that costs far more than unrefrigerated beer. Can I tell you the, I, I, okay, so I, I see what you're saying. I guess the. Jesus, Kamar. Kamar, <laughs> you are fucking fired. I guess. Um, so you see what I'm talking about? The mic's picking up everything. <laughs> fucking guy. Um, what the hell was I, what were we talking about, Matt? Uh, privatized BC insurance. Privatized I fucked up a point I was trying to make. I passed some gas. You were trying to talk about BC and privatizing. I was saying that they privatized liquor and it got more. I can't believe his fart threw you off that much. Like, I'm a fucking stoner, man. It does not take much to get me off the rails, you know? Um, what the fuck was I talking about? I'm dropping the mic. You're useless. Um, okay, whatever. Well, let's move on. Maybe it'll come back to me. I don't know. Well, no, because we're on it. We're, we're in this. Oh, it, it was the price, the... It, it should be, it should work itself out. The market should work it out. That's what we were talking about. Okay, but hold on. He acts as if right now there's no, there's only one insurance company in the States. Do you guys believe that? That there's only no. one health insurer? No, I believe no. there's multiple. So how there's is he, multiple. so how does he think that adding 10 to the fray is going to make it cheaper? It's not. Oh, what, what I was going to say, Matt, is yes, it's going to make your rates cheaper. What it's not going to do is stop the insurance companies from doing everything in their power not to pay out on their claims. So here, but it will bring the rates down. If there are more companies vying for your uh, customer, for your business, that is going to bring the rates down. Just like the, cell phones. Oh, this is what I was going to say, though, Matt. The only difference is your liquor store argument because anything that has uh, the government moderating the price, then you are absolutely right. No matter how many businesses you have, it won't make a damn lick of a difference because those prices are set by the government not by the individual places yeah but dan crenshaw disagrees with you because if we, if the government sets the price of medical supplies then the medical industry just dies so why does the booze industry not die and i get uh, it it's two no, different things it would it would flourish and so would the medical industry like but so any Anywhere where you're having this problem of not getting uh, what you deserve, right? Because uh, whatever, man. I don't know enough about this shit to. Uh, well, no, but we should. Uh, so I want to bring up a point that you brought up. This was this was one of the things I wanted to write down. So Dan Crenshaw sat there and said to Joe, exactly what we just said. Well, if there's more insurance companies, then there's more competition. Yada yada yada. Joe never pushed back like we said. They they rarely pay out. So when Joe asked him, I think Joe said to him, well, how, like, oh, that was it. Joe said to him, if if our prices are so exponentially high in the States and you have insurance, the insurance company still foots that bill. How are insurance companies making money? That was Joe's question to him. Joe said, if if medical expenses in the States are so expensive, then how is it possible that the insurance companies can afford to pay them and still make money. And the answer that Dan Crenshaw didn't give him is simple. They don't pay out on half the claims or more. 
So right there, you have a problem. In Canada, if I have a pro- if I'm sick, I go to the hospital. There isn't an insurance adjuster there, making sure that you know what I mean. Like it, you just get the health care that you need. And like like you, unfortunately, if you have a shoulder surgery that isn't deemed like a necessity, then you're gonna wait. Yeah. So we we all can see that there are inherent flaws to the system. But I'm with you. Dan Crenshaw can't just sit there and be like, "Well, it doesn't work," because we it does work. It works better than whatever the system is down there where people are without health care. That, I think, is the big point here. And that's what Joe pressed him on. And he wouldn't, he just wouldn't... Um, wouldn't budge. Wouldn't budge on a basic human right should be health care. Well, so, and then that that got, then then it got even muddier when he was like, well, why is it a basic human right? And I like Joe's point, like, well... And he uses it all the time, like the firemen. That's that's socialized. There's that's like, where this fell off the rails. I agree, but I think it's because Dan Crenshaw couldn't. He 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 just refused to meet Joe anywhere close to the middle. Do we agree? Disagree? Yeah, because Dan Crenshaw maintains that the risks of risking all these uh, loss of money to these companies would uh, crush their uh, medical system as they know it. And it's not a chance they're willing to take on that side of the aisle. Yeah, and that sounds like that sounds like he's bought by. I mean, I just I, I refuse to believe that there is not another country in the world that is pushing medicine forward. That it's only the states. I refuse to believe that. I agree with you that he's bought by someone. Unfortunately. Well, this guy didn't even know, like when Joe asked an example, he couldn't even give Canada as an example. No. Which I thought was so weird. Like we're right next to him. Yeah. I mean, the fact that there aren't people dropping dead in the streets here and in Great Britain clearly shows you that our system can't be that bad. Well, it certainly isn't um, like a ridiculous concept because it's proven to work fairly well. Do you know what the fear is? I think the fear is for rich Americans. Rich Americans feel like if if they have Medicare for all, they're not going to have quick access to a doctor when they need it, and they're not going to be able to pay for the best doctor ever when they need it. And that Money, I think, yeah, you're right, Matt. Money should be able to buy. I'm 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 saying what they think. Money should be able to buy the best, like it does anything else. Why should medicine be any different? And I think that in our system. Um, that's kind of what we're missing is everybody should get the medical. Everybody should get it when they need it. But if you have money and you want to spend it, you should be allowed to do so. So that's introducing that two-tiered system where, again, everybody gets the care they need. So, pro- But if I have $100,000 and I don't want to wait a year for my surgery, I should be able to pay for it. So, problem, Simon, I think the, the big problem with that system is that then there's hardly going to be any doctors on the free healthcare side of things. And most doctors are going to want to go over to the private side where you are. Incentives come into play. I was going to say, Matt, there are ways to go about that. It's about being creative. And I'm certainly not the guy to figure that out. But much more complicated uh, things have been worked out. I I just, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's a, a stopping point. We all know that the reason... The healthcare is not what it should be down in the states. Has to do with the drug companies and the corruptness of that system. You know, 
It's yeah. just like oil and it's just like fucking um, whatever else, uh, energy, whatever, man. And then leads into, well, if you, you're going to raise the taxes and let the government be in charge of this, then it's just going to be a boondoggle. There's just no trust anywhere. Right. But I mean, look, we I don't trust my government. And yet our medical system still works OK. And yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I want to bring this up, too. He acted he acted as though doctors outside of the states are like broke. I'm fairly certain that doctors in this country make a very decent living. They do, but in comparison to what they make in the states, I understand. But again, close. you could, but you can also sit there and be like, "Well, a plastic surgeon makes ten times more money than." I mean, you know what I mean. It also depends on what kind of medicine you get into. Like, obviously, if you're a brain surgeon, I'm sure no matter what country you're in, you're making fucking top dollar, right? I, I yeah, I, I would think so. But I have no idea if a brain surgeon in Canada I, makes more than a foot surgeon. You know, like I, I don't know. I also feel there's an aspect that there's a certain type of person that just wants to be a doctor and it's not necessarily because they're going to make the most money. I mean, I, if you want to make the most money, you become a stockbroker, right? As some people want to help people and some people love that idea of playing God. Mm -hmm. Sure, but I think Kamar's point is that regardless of what those two things you just mentioned are, money is rarely the reason they get into it. Money is a side thing. I, I I wouldn't say rarely. I mean, I I would assume it's probably half and half. Sure, half people and who want to make good money and people who legitimately their mission in life is to help. And then there's that gray area of you know I want to help and I want to make jack. And would I be doing this if it was for fifty five grand a year? Probably not. But for three hundred grand a year, I'm your man. You know. But even then, I mean, to say I I still think there's a lot of fucking doc. I would say that seventy five percent of doctors, if I'm guessing whether they want the money or not, are st still got into it to help people. That's what I think. I'm glad you guys are such optimists. Well, Dan Crenshaw's theory only works if doctors are only in it for the money. I mean, Dan Crenshaw, clearly, the, money is the only real player in his world, in my opinion. Like, lives, well, lives are clearly very expendable. The economy is definitely not. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I thought it was interesting when he talked about what they need to get back to business is 14 days of, of numbers, numbers going, going down. down. So that's interesting to know what they're looking at in making these decisions. I mean, I think that's a mistake. And and I don't know if he knows what the fuck he's talking about. You know what I mean? Who is Dan Crenshaw? Is I'm Does he have like the ear of Fauci? Like who... Do you know what I'm saying? What, yeah. What is this 14 days and then we're going to open shit up? I I had never heard that except from Dan Crenshaw. Well, he's in Houston, so he must be in contact with uh, Hotez. Oh, he not he doesn't must be anything. I wouldn't say that. I mean, I definitely would think he's not in contact with Hotez. I'm assuming this is the information that's going around as it's being spread. I would Judging assume by this interview, I think it's something he made up on the fly. <laughs> that could be what. At one point, Joe asked him about the uh, misinformation from um, China, and I'm sure it gets cut off and there's a weird edit or something on Crenshaw's end. I'm sure of it. Really? Yeah. No one wants to badmouth China, even uh, Dan Crenshaw. Oh, my God. Well... People are going to hate me today. 
because I've developed quite the theory. Do share? Oh, no, uh, not right now. Okay, okay. Wow, Just what so a piece know. of shit. No, it's post It's for the post-show. Post-show, post-show. <laughs> All right, well, what else you have for Crenshaw? Um... So they were talking about the whole homeless situation. That was a hot-button topic, right? What L.A. is doing, it gave him an opportunity to bash Los Angeles and their liberal uh, sensibilities. And then he was very much saying, you know, Texas has no homeless people. We are, you know, whatever, big Texas guy. Then it just got me thinking, like, these places that have very low homeless problems was probably because whoever the mayor or who was in charge just proactively shipped all those people out you know to places like los angeles or new york you, you know places that now have high uh right is that impossible nope we know from the wire that which drew a lot of its storylines from legitimate oh, no, that's happened that has yeah. happened before i don't have any cases i can citing anecdotal well, I lived in New York, and when I moved there, everyone was like, five years ago, this place was rife with homeless people. And then Giuliani got elected, and overnight they vanished. To somewhere. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, and wouldn't that be like the bee's knees for like a Republican state? You take your homeless people and you ship them to a liberal state? Like it's like getting two birds stoned at once. I just don't know what, like, it's a weird assumption that homeless people are stupid. Like, if you're in New York City and someone comes to you and is like, I'll give you a ticket to Connecticut, you'd have to be a moron to be like, oh, the money's got to be way better in Connecticut. Again, I think it. they were probably like, hey, you're in New York, I'm going to take you to Florida, and then you end up in Connecticut or in, uh, I don't know. But again, if they're taking you from... I I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, a, it's probably a silly theory, but uh, it just seems to me that everywhere should have a homeless problem, right? Like, well, not every. Uh, listen, my assumption is that places like New York and L.A. have such a huge homeless problem because there's a lot of places to sleep and there's a lot of little side hustle money to be made. You know what I mean? Like, are we not in agreement, though, Matt, that every kind of major big city should have like just by the odds of the game, but I think every major city people. does. I think Dan Crenshaw's burying his head in the sand. Listen, okay, I think, fair enough. Here's the problem in LA. I? Here's the <laughs> here's the problem in LA. They're all in one spot, so it's a glaring sore on the city. If you go to Skid Row, it's undeniable. Whereas Similar if you to Vancouver, there you go. You go to East Hastings in Vancouver, Simon. It's the same thing. It's an it, it's an undeniable problem when they're all in one spot. I bet if you went to Houston, you could probably find very small pockets of really terrible areas with a lot of homeless people. And I guarantee you Dan Crenshaw doesn't fucking go there, first of all. But second of all, because it's not 70,000 in one place, Dan Crenshaw doesn't see it as a problem. Because first of all, you know there's homeless people in Houston. Get the fuck out of here. It's warm. Yeah, I know. We're in agreement here. Now, I've asked this before. But how is this not just running rampant through uh, the homeless population, COVID-19? Who says it isn't? The, the tests are not being done. Yeah. The testing is not being done. Well, you would know because everybody would be sick and dying. 
well, why everyone there reports it. Here's an argument to be made too, Simon. There's an argument that like this thing was spread through travelers, right? Like it came from China through people traveling. People traveling tend to have money and don't hang out with homeless people. So no, it's it's the begging for change. I get it, but the... if no one's on the streets giving you money, you know what I mean? Like you might, I mean, I, Kamar is more than likely right that it has ravaged their population that we just haven't heard about it yet. First of all, there's not a lot of reports on homeless people. If 50 homeless people die tomorrow, there's a good chance that during this pandemic, that's going to get brushed under the rug. I think you should also think about the fact that, like I said, there's an odd chance that maybe they're unaffected because once this thing started popping off, like you, people would probably be like, oh my God, I can't go near a homeless person. They're extra dirty. They probably have it. So then homeless people, A, weren't getting any... Why did you say like me? Oh, that's your attitude for everyone. Disgusting. No, no. I absolutely not. <laughs> I'm kidding, I Simon. I always give money. I just leave it on the other side of the road now. And I say, hey, buddy, I left you something over there. No, I'm serious. Like, and then I steal I their dog. To, that has three dogs and I give I know, I give bucks, that guy, so dude, that I give can, that guy cash all the time. That guy's hilarious, eh? I said before COVID when I could, you know, talk to him, I said, um... Listen, I'm going to give you this, but I want to make sure that, you know, some of it is going to your dogs. And he's like, listen, my dogs eat Harvey's hamburgers every night for dinner. Yeah. And I thought to myself, that's not good. You know, like he thinks he's doing those dogs <laughs> yeah. a favor. Like I'm tempted to go by with a huge bag of dog food, but I think that would insult him. Like he thinks he's helping these mutts. By it's not insulting. I've done it. I've, I've gone by and given him dog food and dog treats and he's been amped. Yeah. So, yeah, just shows yeah. to go. Yeah, there you go. Just shows to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, either way, like Dan Crenshaw is just the weird thing to me is that he's my age. That's the that I, that blows my mind that I'm older than that guy. Like, I mean, I, he's it, a Navy SEAL. I mean, listen, as I get older, you know, getting older in general is tough because I still feel like I'm in my 20s. So when I say like that guy's like, you would never think someone in their 20s would be a Republican, but now that I'm 37. Yeah it's definitely plausible that someone in my age group is a Republican. That's, you know, that's the prime age to start really hammering down that Republican. Sorry, Simon, go ahead. No, no. You know what the difference is, Maddie, is that weed keeps you young. It, it keeps a childishness to you, a sense of funny, a sense of, and that's like the difference between me and my dad. You know what I'm saying is that, yeah, maybe, maybe there's something to that. I mean, also, no, I, I, I really believe that. <laughs> well, also, um, participating Whoa. in war and being in the combat zones takes away your fair enough. Childhood. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, I'm sure enough. losing an eye in war would have changed me drastically for sure. Yeah, and and maybe when you come home from something like that, in all fairness, yeah, you have a totally different um, outlook that we can never understand. You, you know? know, what's also interesting is he's missing his left eye. Like left eye Lopez? Well, no, the, physically, it's his left eye. He has his right eye, so maybe that's why he leads to the right. Oh. <laughs> he's, just, he's just weighted that way? <laughs> Lowest common denominator. Um, I'm sure he puts his wallet in the other pocket to compensate. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. I mean, I'll say this about the guy. Like, you, you obviously can't shit on him, and... I recognize that the room needs to have a balance. There needs to be a Dan Crenshaw in the room. Um, you can disagree with him. Well, no, because this is the thing. There were some times where he pushed back, and I thought to myself, okay, that's an angle I hadn't seen before. Like when he was talking about medicine and the price of... I mean, I still think he's full of shit and bought by Big Pharma, but I don't think he's 
without merit in some of the stuff he said. That's all I'm. I think he's with good intentions. Well, I, 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 I mean, I assume. Well, I just say he's bought by Big Pharma, so I can't say that. No, you cannot. Um, I did do some work this week, though, like some physical work outside of my house, and it felt really good, man. <laughs> to not. Uh, well, don't you know don't leave I mean? the listeners hanging. Was it getting that fucking studio ready? No, that's good to go. Listen, <laughs> listen. That's been Post good Joe. to go for days. Well, we're in a quarantine, so a good to go studio don't really matter. No man, no, this is just I had to move to some shit, and okay. I just active. it helps, man. It helps to uh, you know what, to Simon? Change up the routine. Get out of Groundhog Day, Simon. Good call. Yeah. Moving dead hookers is probably best during a pandemic. Less eyes, less worry. No one's gonna notice. Yeah, definitely. And if you need to move any bodies around that you may have buried somewhere, that a shopping mall is coming in or anything uh, like that, now is the time. Yeah. Well, well, no. Because- Definitely before they start tracking us with the phones. It's already started. Already started. All right. Are we done with Crenshaw then? Did you? Did, is there another point that we wanted to shit on? I mean, it felt it felt honestly like they only bickered about Medicare, and I mean a little bit of COVID. But they really went hard on Medicare. I think it ended up with the same result as the last time was on. Is you got to respect him because he's a Navy SEAL, but you can't disagree. Thank God they didn't talk about legalizing marijuana or anything. The interesting part of the conversation to me was um, the talk about shame and how we live in a society that is shameless now. And that's why we're running into a lot of these problems because the standards have been washed away by the fact that nobody is embarrassed about anything before. Nobody's embarrassed about leaving their shopping cart somewhere. Nobody's embarrassed about, um, you know, budding in line or whatever the fuck it is that, you know, maybe in the olden days that shit didn't fly. And I wonder if that has a lot to do with things like TikTok, you know what I mean? Where the whole idea is not being embarrassed about anything. Also, the social justice warriors are not embarrassed about this frivolous things they're complaining about. Mm-hmm. Things they fight for and what, but not. No, I agree right, exactly. Well, I mean, that's never more apparent than in those um, uh, <laughs> the dog park uh, experiments that they did there. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, the guys that wrote the fake papers. Yeah, the fake papers. Lost their exactly. Fake papers, fake papers. <laughs> Jimmy two times over there. Then there was um, then there was Nick the Killer. Yeah, I took care of that thing for you there, bud. No, it's the same old Dan Crenshaw, the same old, same old. Fuck, I had a good Dan Crenshaw point I wanted to bring up real quick that I totally forgot about. I wanted to shit on one more thing. He uh Oh, it's oh, oh, you know what? My, my huge the huge problem I had with this was when they were talking about um big business and how because he wants big business to keep growing. Yeah. And never once did he talk about like Amazon not paying their taxes. You you know what I'm saying, man? All he said was they create jobs. That was his big, he said, he was like, I mean, these corporations are great. They create how many jobs? Thousands of jobs. And I was like, but they didn't pay their tax. Like, how did how is that not the number one complaint of all um, of everybody? Politicians. 
of all politicians. Like pe- their their job is to get taxes, you know. And this is like the most blatant rubbing in your face of. Well, not to mention these guys want to give themselves. They want to vote to give themselves raises every year. And then there's someone that could easily, you could give yourselves all a raise if you just tax this one single company. But Simon, I mean, if you realistically think about it, how many Amazons do you think are out there? Like companies of that stature that get that tax break. I assume there's hundreds. Oh, there's tons. That's what I'm saying. We just heard about Amazon because they're a big public company. There are... Oh, yeah. Listen, I'm just picking on them because they're, you know, top of mind right now. You know what I mean? I'm just saying my point is like, how much money is being left out of the pot that you don't know about or that they don't know about or that we don't know about? So much. Yes. Not to mention all the shit they waste that we do know about. And I mean, it seemed like Dan Crenshaw was ready to bail all the corporations out, which to me is insane. It's absolutely yeah. insane. Listen. Well, they didn't learn their lesson from the last time. It's like, what's the definition of crazy, which really isn't the definition of crazy. There's doing the same thing again and hoping for a different result, you know? Well, once they know they're going to get bailed out, they can always be frivolous and not put money aside and they know the bailout's coming. Well, and that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's the point is like the banks, for example, you can't make $12 billion a year and then ask us to bail you out because you were giving out ridiculous um, bonuses, and then once you get back on your feet, make $12 billion a year, and then we crash, and you want to be like, well, we need some mortgage money. So if you guys could pay your mortgages, like, go fuck yourself. I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, apparently he's worth between $1 and $5 million. Who, Crenshaw? Yeah. Well, what did he say? If, um, if you stop people from driving, you're going to save 30,000 lives. Well, this is what I was talking about the other day is they should post all deaths of everything on a regular basis. They do. You can get those. That's why they, you, you they have those numbers. They post them they, like every couple of years, but they should post them just like they're posting the daily coronavirus numbers. If they really want people to see what's going on and understand where the problems are, but that would instill too much fear. No, because I think, listen, I think we're well aware of the numbers of people that die on the road. You drive by an accident twice a day. I don't think it's a big secret to people that cars, but I think we're also on board that like transportation throughout history has killed people and we need it to get around. So there's no way around that at all. I I think maybe his point was for everybody who's dying right now, you're saving lives. So it's all balancing out because nobody's driving. So there aren't all those accidents. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, okay, fine. I bet the number of like home suicides has quadrupled, or you know what I mean. Like numbers Post have the gone numbers, up. Let's know. Well, I. You got to realize, Kamar, to to census those numbers takes years, anyways. That's why they. That's why whenever you see a number posted, it's always from like three years ago. Well, that's why I find it so baffling how on top of the COVID numbers they are. Well, but like, okay, well, I hate to, I hate to go forward. Like Lex Friedman said, though, you have so many more eyes on this than you normally would. Like when they do a census, you have a group of people in the government trying to count these numbers and get everything right. Whereas right now you have the collective of the world trying to figure this out. So I think that's a little different. I get it. I get it. It's just, um, if we're so worried about human life, we got to be aware of all the things that are taking it. Fair enough. 
You know what I think the um, the problem with Dan Crenshaw wasn't so much what he said, it's what he wouldn't say. Yes. And, and because I know that he's not a stupid guy and he's purposefully leaving that out, I, it makes me question everything he says. He's a company man. You know what I mean? If he, if he would just give both sides of the, the story and still prop his up, I'd be okay with that and probably respect what he was saying a lot more than him just omitting the argument from the other side. That's totally what they do. I think yeah. it's that he also wouldn't, he won't budge on any of his views. Like, there's no point that could be made that makes him go, okay, that's a good point, I didn't see that. Yeah, you'll you'll right. never hear that out of his mouth. Like, And that bothers me. When someone makes a good point, I have to sit there and stop and go, okay, hold on, I, never, I didn't see that before. And, well, he, and, and again, in all fairness, you're on a team, he's on a team, his team believes in that. They can't give up on that point because if they do... Sure, but I'm on a team, and I, I said to you, listening to this podcast, that I thought he made some good points that I had never thought of before. So right away, at least the team I'm on, I'm capable of saying, okay, this guy made some points I hadn't thought of. I'll have to go back to the table with those and really think about them. Right. What I'm saying, though, Matt, is you're not going to change a Republican's mind on the big points. Abortion. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Those are... The reason, or not the reason, maybe the reason they're on that team. I get but it, but like, Simon, my point is like when they were electing that fucking Supreme Court justice two years ago or three years ago, whatever the fuck his name was. Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh, thank you. Like all I wanted from one Republican was for them to sit there and go, oh, this guy definitely lied. You know what yes. I mean? Like it was so and obvious. And you want Kavanaugh to say that again, right? Like if he had said that, if he had said, yeah. You would have been okay, fine. Yeah, if he had but the said fact that he tried to tell you that what was the thing, uh, Kamar? Boffed, boofed. Yeah, was uh, was not was having farting. sex. Yeah, right. Yeah, like don't treat us like an asshole. Yeah, and you don't like the way people lie to us sometimes. Well, I'm just saying, Kamar is like I can't like seeing Mitch McConnell sit there and be like it's disgusting what they've done to this guy. Like, listen, they're trying to show you that this guy's willing to lie under oath. And that he wants to be a Supreme Court justice. So that him putting his hand on the Bible doesn't mean jack shit to anyone anyway. And that's all I got out of it. The guy shouldn't be a... Probably shouldn't even be a judge, in my opinion. It's crazy... Sorry, just back to um, Wuhan for a second. It's crazy that... Um, China just, like, owns the who. Uh, not the who. Yeah, the World, uh, World Health Organization. Who? Thank you. Who, not, not the not, who. Not the who. Although, you know what? They're probably in China's pocket, too. Maybe. Maybe. But the who gets most of its money from America. And yet China seems to be able to tell them exactly what to do. So what is that? And, but hold on. That's like they have said exactly what China's asked them to say. It's that's like bad. robbing Peter to pay Paul. Is that the saying? Where does America get its money? China. So who really pays the who? As as Trump would say, China. It doesn't really work like that though, right? No, you never the know, man. Just slowly being exposed right now. I don't think they're slowly being exposed. I think they're being exposed very quickly. Rapidly, sorry, yeah. pardon me. Yeah. It's just there's too much focus on uh the cure right now to point fingers. Yeah. Oh, but I'm telling you, man, heads heads Should better roll. roll after this. They better. Well, okay, listen, no matter what, um, China's stranglehold on the world economy is done. 
in you, theory, well, yeah. We don't know I that. I'm telling you, you don't know that, man. I think I think that 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 is is what's going to happen. Look, they've been they've been fighting for um, many years now because China has like a certain growth they need to see every year, and Excuse every me. year things have been been outsourced to other places, Thailand, Vietnam, uh, wherever, Taiwan. and sh- sure, Kamar, Taiwan. What? Anyways, point is, I'm pretty sure that where they they need like 12 percent growth every year, and they haven't been reaching that number. This is really gonna put a dent into that, you know. And they've they've upset a collective of countries, not just one country. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, man. I I, I really think that if nothing else from all of this, we're gonna see a shift. And and that's not to say that it's coming home. I just it'll. All the other places, the and it'll just be not over there. What is your deal, Kamar? He's agreeing. Can't with just you. make silly faces. He's, and ag- smile. he's aggressively smiling and agreeing with you. I, I saw nothing wrong with what. Whoa! The whole system fell over. Yeah. Um, karma, karma, karma! I didn't do shit to you, asshole. All right, let's uh, let's rate him then. Are we done with Dan Crenshaw? Uh, um, yeah. We did give him a full hour, pretty much. So, oh no, we didn't. That's a lie. We gave him forty minutes. Uh, Kamar, can you start uh, the ratings, please? We'll start with you, sir. Yeah, I, I give it two and a half. Was is a, a discussion? Simon, I give it a two and a half. Also, it was a episode. Okay, well, I actually give it a three and a half. Um, well, I like the episode. Listen, I'm not saying I liked what Dan Crenshaw had to say, but. I liked that. For, justify. I liked that for once. Joe gave some like Adam ruins everything kind of pushback on someone that I maybe didn't think he would give any pushback to. Like Joe was really um, trying to tell this guy, like I think you're wrong. The one thing is strange is that he had him on just after he said no more politicians. I was just thinking the same thing. I thought we said no more politicians, like. Why are we slipping in Dan Crenshaw? This guy's because he's a military. This guy's this guy's not running for anything right now. You know what I mean? Like he's not up for re-election, so I don't think it was a. Well, I mean, he's still like a cheerleader for a guy who's running. You know. I mean, even then, Joe. Like, think about it. Joe's leaning into this thing because, like, he's mentioned the fact that CNN has run with him saying he'd vote for Trump over Biden. And like, I thought about that. I thought about that too. I was like, what was Joe thinking saying that? He wanted a uh, government official to tell him that he'll be back to normal soon and the saunas are good against COVID. Oh my God, the saunas. Well, he didn't say that. The only person he could find to say that was... um, Friedman. No, 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 no. Um, Shermer. No, the lady doctor there. She wasn't on the show, I'm saying. Um, It's the the lady doctor he used to have on all the time. Rhonda Patrick. Thank you, Rhonda Patrick, because she's huge into the saunas. That's who he was quoting all that study. Heat proteins. Yeah. Heat shock Listen, protein. I want him to be right. I'm sauning every day. Like I'm hoping that, that he is correct. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to the next one. Well, here it is. Lexus Friedman. Yep. So. What number? Let's just. Uh, I don't know. Come on. What number? 1451. Two. I'm just throwing it out there. Hold on. Let me check. 
1455. Yeah, so just before we get into this, what he said, the masks, very important. Public service announcement. Everybody should be wearing masks. He started wearing a mask. Not just wear a bandana, whatever the fuck, put something between you and somebody else is a very good thing. And the fact that they weren't telling us this from the start is the biggest travesty in all of this. Yeah. Because I don't know if you've seen the commercials on TV. Some of them are actually really good where they like put a bunch of mouse traps with ping pong balls and then throw one ping pong ball and it snaps all the mouse trap, just showing how the virus can spread. And then they take some of the mouse traps away and throw the ball out and it doesn't do as much. Point is we could have been cutting this thing in half right from the start, right from January. Right from January. Yeah. Like, I, I just, uh, I mean, I can't, and, and I'm so disappointed in myself because I remember thinking when they were saying it on the news, you don't have to wear masks. It's not going to help you. And I was, I remember thinking for a minute, like, really? It's not going to help you putting something between it? But then I was like, well, they said it, so I'm not going to do it, you know? Like a giant asshole, because I didn't want to be embarrassed to be the guy out there with no mask. Meanwhile, now I'm walking to the bank with a bandana on, like a fucking uh, Bonnie and Clyde. You know... I believe your eyes, not your ears sometimes. I hate to play Diablo Avocado, but I assume they said that you didn't need a mask because they didn't want everyone to go out and panic buy masks like toilet paper, therefore th- eliminating all the masks from the medical. A thousand percent, Matt. Again, the reason why they told the prison guards not to wear masks, they didn't want to create a panic. They didn't need to do it that way. They could have been honest with people instead of trying to fear monger and shit. And they could have said, look, nobody buy the medical masks. We absolutely have to keep that for the first liners. But everybody has a T-shirt. Everybody, And just show people how to do it at home. And it doesn't have to be a medical mask. Frankly, I think you'd be better off with something that wrapped more around your face. The more you know. I mean, the real question would have been, why did they just not, if they did know, why did they just not immediately stop the sale of masks? Take the ma- take all masks off the shelf, bring them to all the hospitals evenly or wherever they're needed the most. And then, like you said, then right away tell people, hey, listen. Because you- they didn't know. They didn't know. China was hoarding as late as January all the masks. And uh, Trudeau on March 3rd is uh, recorded saying that we don't need masks. We sent China masks and then are begging to get them back. And then they give them back to us. And we're like, oh, China, thank you so much for giving back something that you've been hoarding. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Whatever was in place to do this did not do what they were supposed to do. China, Anyways, just China, the mask thing to... Sorry, Matt, go ahead. I was just going to say China coughed in all the masks and sent them back. Yeah. That the, would be nice. uh, the the mask thing to me is what enrages me absolutely the most. Like, I can't... It makes me so angry. It makes me so angry. Lex started the podcast in a mask. Yeah, which begs the question, why? Because he just wanted to talk about it, but it's like, Lex, just talk about it then. You, you don't... want to be silly and promote it, and five minutes in, he's like, this is unsustainable. Like, I try so hard to like this guy. I really do. Yeah, I, I'm so I'm also torn, Matt, because at some points I'm like, yeah, this guy's just a genuinely nice guy. 
And then at some points I'm like, why the fuck are you singing? Like, I don't even, you, this is six million people. You know this. We're not talking about like episode 200 in Joe's basement where maybe or maybe not. There are a lot of people like we know. He's just in that mode though now where if he thinks and something, was, he does it. It was horrible. Horrible. Well, when he sang a song and uh, Joe was like, when's the album coming out? Yeah, no, I, I, I. That was a completely saying that sucked. I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> I, uh, I also like I when when he said I'm gonna play a song. I asked Jamie. I was like, no, no, this can't be, this can't be real. He's not actually. I gonna... didn't. I didn't watch it. Is he bald now? No. He's, Does he's he have the, sleeves he, of tattoos? Like, how he, close are we to he, full he, Joe? Uh, he's getting ready. Assimilation. The one thing about the song, though, is he wrote it because he was inspired by his grandfather who went to war. And I couldn't help but think that of that mentality of young 17-year-olds wanting to go to war. Like, I don't think that exists now. There's guys who want to join the army, but it wasn't what they were. Join the army now is a far cry from joining the army in World War One or Two. Yeah, but I think, I think we need to stop and realize that, like, in World War One and Two, there was, like, a clear-cut enemy. So, like... It was a more united front. Now you're like, really? I'm going to Afghanistan? What am I going to Afghanistan for? You know what I mean? Like, but it's just the horrors that they were running into, like the, the combat, the conditions. The It's a bravery that we've just lost altogether, I think. Would you go to war right now if, we were, if, if it was like a Hitler-esque situation? Would you sign up? I don't know if I would right now. I think I would go if I was 18. I'd sign up. I got nothing. I wouldn't, but if they, if it was a situation where like they need all hands on, deck. they need it all. Hands That's what on I'm deck. saying. If it's an all hands on deck, like I don't have kids, you know, I have Mary and a dog who I love very much, but I would go fight for the country. I'm not offering much. I'm fucking 150 pounds soaking wet, but put a gun in my hand and we'll see. What was also interesting is um, that he wrote the song. Is we need artists to do art about the COVID. You know what I mean? Like a better artist to write a song about just what we're going through or the collective. Just like we want to hear comedians with their takes on COVID. Why does why does Joe think that rap song is so good? Because Joe is not... Well, whatever. It's so bad. <clears throat> but what I want to say is that uh, Lex is a poet. Right. He is a talented poet. And one of the cool lines in the song was, the virus took a comfort that was not ours to own. And I think that's very poignant and something that we sort of all this life that we have and stuff, we just take for granted. You know what I mean? It's you're right, Kamara. It should have been a poem. Well, he said it was a poem, but he just decided to put music to it. Yeah. That was the problem. That was the problem. Yeah. That is the problem. That, that is the issue. The issue. I liked how when they go over people, he disagrees with smart guys points. Yep. Osterholm, he said he had some things wrong. How how did he how is he getting these guys on his podcast? Because he's really smart and people. Which, want by him. the way, maybe the most unoriginal name for a podcast ever. Is it the Lex Friedman show? No, it's the AI podcast. Well, I don't know if he's a great creative. The artificial intelligence smart podcast. Smart mind. 
I did like how he said that the virus is like a program uploaded to humans. Yeah, he's that's fascinated. A, that's by an them. interesting idea. And then we download it to each other by spitting or speaking yep. moistly. Sorry, exactly. By speaking, speaking moistly. moistly. Uh, the one thing I was thinking they were talking about, uh, you know, the Catholic Church and the crimes, and that one crime that Joe referenced about Rassiger, uh moving the other priest, and then he ended up molesting a hundred deaf kids. That should be enough. That should be enough to create global outrage that something has to be done. That one crime. Yeah, that that should be enough to burn down Vatican City. The one crime. I really believe that. From the Pope. Like, we're not talking about some uh, guy who's in the head of the churches in Minneapolis. You know what I mean? There's lots of arms. We can't control everything at the same time. It's it's from the top down. He was doing a favor for his buddy. And then it did not work out well for a hundred deaf kids. Yeah, no shit. That's kind of an understatement. It didn't work out well. Well, I mean, that's, that's I'm sure what the Catholic Church would give you their take is. Yeah, well, I'm sure that's how they spun it. Didn't it. Well, it didn't work out well for a couple of deaf kids. Because it being Easter today, you know, the Pope did Mass. For- and usually there's a million people turn out. There's no one there. But they're saying he's doing the Mass to show that God is stronger than the virus. But it's like, is he? Well, but isn't their whole thing that God created the virus? Well, of course there's a lesson to be learned from this. I'm just saying it's it's if anything comes out of this, we've got to realize that religion isn't the way. No, really. To me, I mean, we, this strengthens religion. They can be like, look, we angered God and now he's uh like that's what the whole fucking Bible is all about. Yeah, but taking the, these uh natural occurrences and turning them into some way we've uh, we're being punished by the almighty yeah but, but just the fact that the rules story Matt, negates what religion tries to spread and bringing people together and we can't be together and we still have to be strong and carry on the problem simon is that like for example there was a rabbi the other day that said uh coronavirus is um is a curse from god because of gays and then a week later, he got coronavirus. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like, that's where the shit doesn't really work out. When you Why? Make- Do Jews not like gays? I didn't think we had a problem with gays. Uh, this guy does. I've, did yeah. you see the Jews getting water cannoned? I sent you that yeah. clip, didn't I? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. The, uh, do, do, uh, not only the Jews, though. Um, how about these major preachers in the States who won't stop? Yeah, no, there's a lot of... Uh, it's ridiculous. They have gambling debts, I'm sure of it. Well, I was just going to say, they don't want that uh, the money to dry up. The tither is uh, too much of a tempting I just don't proposition. Under- I don't understand. It's too much of a tether, Kamar. <laughs> oh, I hate that fucking evil <laughs> George Bush cackle you do. Kamar literally looks like he's in a portable in a mining town up north. Well, we're just staying safe here, staying away from people. Okay, you got to go check and make sure a polar bear isn't uh, coming into the camp there, Kamar. Are you rolling a joint, Kamar? Yeah. Uh, Lex Friedman, though, he um, he was talking about how he doesn't think they'll be stand-up for at least six months. 
Like when Joe was sort of ballparking when we're going to get back to business stuff, he's like, yeah, right, that's not happening. Well, Joe's, you know, you've seen that. They switched tour dates to uh, September for the Chappelle. Like, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I, I just, in my, you know, limited wisdom, I cannot see 30,000 people, to, or however many go, 20,000 people together in September. Well, that brings around what they're talking about is the possible solution is monitoring us with our phones, with your clean bill of health or whatever. Right. And, and, and they were talking about how it's beautiful how compliant society has been in the last month in, uh, you know, for the so much following what they're told to do. But is it a beautiful thing or is it a scary thing? Well, I think it's a beautiful thing that we've been able to, uh, if this is the solution, we've been able to, you know, do it. But yeah, I don't know what, what, or are we worth, just, you know, yeah, maybe the slaughter. Kumar, I, I have no, I, I have no idea, man. Like, obviously I don't because I'm staying inside. Cause I was listening to an interview with Fuji today and what, what their plan is, is that through social distancing, the virus will just stop. It'll just run out of people to spread to and we wait it out and then we get back to business. That, that's our whole strategy right now. Okay. And that doesn't seem realistic, right? Well, but in China, they've, they've let people out, right? Have they? <laughs> I don't know. Really, though. We don't. But, we don't. But with, without the um, vaccine. Because that, that's the other thing we're saying. Okay, then we got to wait here for 12 months or 16 months till we get a vaccine and then it's back to business. The only way we're getting back to business sooner than later is some sort of monitoring system. Yeah, and what, like, how much do you want to go out? And how accurate is that and who's getting the data? How much do you want to go see a concert or whatever? Is it, do you want to go see it enough that you're willing to give up everything? And if, if people are afraid of enough, then yes, they will give up everything. Yeah. But I don't think Lex is afraid. He's just skeptical of everything. Of everything. How about him getting on the plane by himself to get to the studio to see Joe? There ain't no mountain high enough. There ain't no ocean deep enough is to that keep the this guy from getting to Joe. What a waste, too. <clears throat> like, if I got on a plane and I was the only person on it, I'd, I'd be like, is there any way I can just get off and we can not fly this plane? Like you what? sit in every single chair? <clears throat> I, that's just such a dude. Think about the environmental disaster of you. They're flying anyways, Matt. You know this. Fine, but that's... Okay, I, but I have a problem with that alone, Simon. So you see where I'm at. Like, mm-hmm. But him flying and you flying wouldn't change that. They're flying those planes anyways. I understand, but it's even grosser. Like, oh, great. A full crew, a pilot, a co-pilot three stewards and just for me I mean, and he could have done the podcast remotely of course oh, no. that. oh, oh that's that's the part i didn't understand is like he is obviously wants to help because he's talking about the masks like crazy why did he need to go to la he wanted to show him to he wanted to show him his new joe rogan bird kreischer tattoo 
<laughs> what tattoo is that? The one of Joe Rogan with Burt Kreischer. Or no, the one of Burt Kreischer with Joe Rogan as his belly. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. Do you remember there was a tattoo going around the internet? Someone got Burt Kreischer standing shirtless and his belly is Joe's face. Oh, no, I didn't see that. That's hilarious. Though. You have to have seen that. I don't think I did. Oh, wow. Do you think it's funny when uh, Lex Friedman called uh, Bill Gates a nerd? Yeah. And then he got in the fight with uh, Joe. Well, not a fight, but whether you can use that word. That's our word. That's our word. But that was funny. I think Joe is right, though. The word nerd does not ha- like because you can describe yourself as any sort of nerd. It, depending on whatever you're in. Yes, I'm a gym it, nerd. I'm a yeah. You could yeah. That's true. But a geek is not the same thing. A geek is what a nerd used to be. I'm with. I'm with them there. Yeah. I just don't. I. I just don't. I, I don't think you use nerd as a derogatory. Not anymore. I don't think so. Because nerds run the world. He doesn't have to get defensive about it anymore, Lex. You're going to be all right. I, well, yeah, he, he needs a girlfriend, right? We're all in agreement. No, I don't want to do that to a, anyone. A human, a human girlfriend. A human girlfriend, yes. Yeah, yeah. I all agree with that. Um, it it really occurred to me though that Biden, yeah, is like a real life version of Weekend at Bernie's. It's Weekend at Biden's. You think there's just two people holding him up on each side right now? <laughs> strings and like this, Matt. There'll be a girl right here and the strings and they put their hands on the shoulders and he massages and then they take him to a party and everybody thinks everything's okay. So, and he's been dead for like 16 months. So Simon, if he makes it into the White House, do they just get like a cardboard cut out of him and, and home alone it? There's no universe. Exactly, Matt, but Kamara is correct. All, all we need to know with him is that whoever his running mate is, that's who you're actually voting in. Either way. What else you got for Lex, Simon? And you know that Biden came out and said that he wants his running mate to be a woman. I didn't hear that, really. Yes, yes. Because they're so liberal, right? Yeah, of course, Kamar. We know exactly where that's going. I'm surprised with his dementia he wasn't like, I'd hope to get abroad as my running mate, but uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm surprised he didn't just fuck it all up and say, well, I had hoped to get Hillary as my running mate. (laughs) Yeah. I killed killed Epstein. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the end of the (laughs) jinx. Yeah. It was interesting how he talked about how he, he could use um, social media to call himself out. So he went out and said, I'm going to do the four to eight hour miles in two days. He didn't have to do it because he said on social media that he had to do it. It was the worst experience of his fucking life. Yeah, for a smart guy, the guy's a dummy. And he said the worst part about it was thinking the whole time, why the fuck am I doing this? Because I just said I would do this. Yeah, so stupid. You don't owe it to anyone. Can he's I ask? Sorry, the, go ahead, go ahead. He's just living by the code of Joe. <laughs> Let me ask you guys the question. Do you think that our leaders need to be elegant? And by elegant, well-spoken, come off well. You mean eloquent. Sorry, eloquent. Yeah. No, I don't think they do. Or elegant, actually, because they could dress nice. <laughs> <laughs> An eloquent elegant? 
Yeah, an eloquent elegant. I don't think they have to be. Well, I- let me tell you, the only reason I'm asking is because it, it reminded me of Jean Chrétien. And Jean Chrétien, for all the Americans or whoever out there, was our prime minister a couple back. And he had a... He had a stroke. He had something wrong with his face where half of it was... Bell's palsy, I think it was. Bell's palsy. Okay, I thought it was a stroke. Sorry. But it always was to me like... He he wasn't a bad prime minister. He's an amazing prime minister. It's just how other countries and people saw him. You know what I mean? I think it just... I, I don't know, man. I don't think it did us any favors. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't help. Didn't help that he was had like a, the thickest French Canadian accent. Yeah, and now with Trudeau, which is the total opposite, all pomp and no uh, substance. Yeah, but we get made fun of more for Trudeau than we ever did for Chrétien. I bet. Like most most other countries are like, look at this. this they just have a pretty boy propped up there because his dad well, was prime minister. Do you remember when Chrétien threw that fucking guy to the ground when Amazing. he tried to attack yeah, him at course. the uh, at the par- at Parliament Hill? Yeah, well, it was that, it was at a basketball game or something like a pickup basketball game. No, that was Arnold Schwarzenegger. That was last year when the guy tried to kick him in the back. No, he's the best prime minister of my lifetime. Hmm. No, Kim Campbell. What's wrong with you? Well, she had a good run. <laughs> for those that don't know, she was prime minister for two weeks. I thought it was six months. Okay, what's the difference? They did talk a bit about the fight on the island, which we now know was going to be on a reserve. Yeah. Well, no, so this is the thing. I Did you see the Dana White interview with Brett Akimoto? I've not seen the uh, interview. Because it, it was weird. He mentioned, he, he said Fight Island is real, and then he wanted to thank this native reserve. So I'm not sure. Maybe the reserve has an island where the fight is. With a on it. Is that oh, it? I, I thought that they were going to do this fight at the reserve and then everything after this would be on Fight Island. Yeah, see, okay. So all of us, and, all of us fight thought... Fight Island, if that's not a reality show cross between Survivor and uh, The Ultimate Fighter, like Dana is missing the boat. No well, no, intended. ESPN and Disney's missing the boat because Dana wants to do it. I'm sure he have, wants to do anything like that as a promoter. Yeah. I do um I do like Lex's idea of the president being like a head coach for like a college team and you then go out and recruit the best people to come and work for you and if you're a good enough head coach people are going to want to come and work for you right like the way Isn't that how it already is? To... No, not at all, man. But in Canada we're we're we are appointing people for diversity. Not right. based on the best. But Simon, when you become president, well, you elect a, you uh, you bring a cabinet, don't you? Well, and I think a lot of those things are decided for you. Is right. what I'm saying, Maddie. Like they're okay. already in place because of years of uh, corruption, and uh, you know, my son is going to be this, and this guy's going to be that because he let you build a freeway or whatever. Fair enough. Yeah. But uh, I thought I thought that was a good idea. That's the way it should be. I mean, really, it should be the way Joe said. This what, guy, what is this where guy doing? He's I don't like know. Kamar, food. Why do you have to take it with you? Just leave the fucking thing. I, I sorry, guys. <laughs> this guy's going outside for cigarettes. He's fucking making meals. Opening the door. Yeah. I can hear I, the traffic. I, I didn't think. I didn't want to lose my spot in the conversation. <laughs> 
This guy's trying to drive people to the Patreon while simultaneously ruining a podcast. Can I ruin the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> He's going to fucking go into the bathroom next. Yeah, take I a big... Take, start taking you guys didn't even dark. notice. Big wet shit on Mike. What do you think happened 20 minutes ago? <laughs> what else you got um, for Lex, Simon? Hopefully nothing. What else do I got for Lex? They had a good discussion about fake news, rating the validity, and def- Joe defended the New York Times... Thought that was interesting. Yeah, I did. And uh, yeah. They're stuck in this clickbait world now, which I don't know what journalism is anymore. Well, to me, the most important thing, and I don't know if it was in this podcast or in another one, because they all kind of bleed in now, but is there has to be a news station that is like the real news, right? Where everybody just left, right, whatever you believe that one is going to be unbiased. Somehow like a Wikipedia. But right. This, hold on. Well, but, I mean, even Wikipedia is biased because it's people who are doing the entries. But it's just all this information being forced into one place to come up with the, I don't know, the, like an exact answer. Go, go ahead, Matt. And then well, Simon, I just wanted to say, I mean, the problem with, with saying like bias or unbiased is that think about what happened two minutes ago. We all had three different accounts of something we had heard. The fight's going to be on an island. The fight's on an island at on a native resort. I thought they were going to fight at the native resort and then move to... You know what I mean? So, like... Yeah, so you would have one staff of people and their job is to get the... They don't answer to anybody. They, they're just, they're out there to give you info. So when you needed to find out where the fuck the UFC was going to fight, you would go to News Is Us and they would um, have that information for you. And you could count on it because they're not working or getting any money from the UFC or ESPN or Disney and they're not bought and paid for by uh, CNN or Fox or whoever. Fine, but like, let me give you an example. Like Ariel Helwani, the Canadian dude who covers the UFC. I know him. Yeah, so Dana White despises him, probably hates him more than any human being on Earth, uh, has tried to ban him from all UFC events. Like, it, he yeah. cried on the air because of it. It was a huge thing. Um, you know, he's a guy who obviously is not on the UFC take, so is trying to just give you... All but the- he also hates Dana, so his opinion is clouded. We would have non-biased, My non- point is, whatever. what you're talking about, I don't think exists in this world anymore. You're right, it doesn't. It would have to be people who work in like week-long things, and then they move on. I don't know if there's a way to do it, Matt. I'm just saying, I really feel like that's what we're missing at this point, is like some sort of credible news outlet that we can depend on to give us... the right information about China and the right information about Italy and the right information that, that isn't dependent on votes and, you know, it's going to be a hundred Tim pools. Well, here's what I was going to say about Tim pool. Kamar is that his whole job, like he's not even a journalist. He's just, he goes around reading other journalists work because he doesn't write his own stuff. He goes and finds interesting articles and then gives his opinion on them. Yeah. Um, so he finds an article, but he's deciding what articles he's going to talk about. His, he, it's already biased. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't solve our problem 
as much as I like maybe what he, the articles he's bringing to the forefront, like that is not unbiased news. He has tons of bias. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I just know they're all fucking full of shit. You still right with us, now. Maddie? I'm right big, here. Big media. Uh, I just don't, uh, I don't know what to say. Your trigger finger bothering you, Simon? Oh my God. It's so bad, man. I'm doing- really glad. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kamar. I'm, I'm really glad that Lex asked Joe if he would have Trump on. Just just to get out of the way. As a question asked and answered. Because Lex is that guy to ask that stupid question. You know what I mean? Yeah, to me, it was totally unnecessary. I mean, really? Joe. I mean, Joe, ha- Lex, li- I know. I know he listens to every episode. So yeah. he knows the answer to that question. Joe has already said he doesn't want to interview politicians anymore. Like, so he's going to interview the biggest one of them all. Like, Trump dude, is is an exception to the word. That's politician. my problem with Lex. Hold on, like he knows he's asking questions that he knows the answer to. I think he was uh, what Damn I boy. I think he was asking more like, would you interview him post presidency? At any time, yeah, I'm sure it was open to have him. Can, on. can I tell you what he was doing? And it was super obvious was he wanted to be able to say, I'm going to interview Putin. And he didn't want to just come out and say it. So he thought he was being clever. And it's just insulting. Like, we're not fucking idiots, Lex. You know, I didn't feel like that. if That's you want to tell us that you're interviewing Putin, you just played a fucking retarded song on the guitar. You obviously don't <laughs> have a problem with embarrassing yourself, you know? Yeah, fair enough. That that's my problem with Lex in a nutshell. I think is that some of it seems too contrived, rehearsed, and contrived, and the singing and it's almost uh, like he's manipulative. Almost, Kamar. And when you look back now and you see that he's gotten this podcast from it, uh, and he's he's interviewing guys who you know Joe doesn't even have on his show. Whatever, man. Stop yeah, me. Stop see, me before see, I dig my hole too deep. Well, no, despite whatever shortcomings these are, his intelligence obviously is unanimously respected by Joe and all these other people he's talking to. I mean, it's weird that he's devoted his life now to make a companion, but whatever he is working on, I mean, he's 30 years older. He's not an old guy. Nope. And he's obviously accomplished a lot in short. Like I, I, I've lost why he's on. Joe, <laughs> Joe Rogan. <laughs> you, it's you not to I mean? talk what, about what artificial intelligence. <laughs> well, that's what it started as. But yeah, that's out the window now. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm done with Lex Friedman. Speaking not, of started, did you guys hear that Epstein started the coronavirus? Yes, yes, yes. I, yes, I was trying to spread that a long time ago. Yeah. Through Harvard? <laughs> Through Harvard, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, I fell in love with Lex this episode. His, his vulnerability, his horrible songs. Like, uh, I, I just feel for the guy. Um, so they were talking a little bit, the reason I brought up Epstein with that um, segue, subway, uh, via Alex is because they talked about Epstein about um, how Eric Weinstein, Weinstein, like Ben he, Stein, he just did released, the whole episode on the portal. Yeah, he just released it on YouTube. Did he? Yeah. Um, the one part of that I thought was interesting. Well, a lot of it I found interesting, but that 
okay, so let's say Epstein is an operative for like, uh, I don't know, make up a place, Israel, okay? And they're bringing him in to, um, to get close to scientists to get information. Like it's not even necessarily a honeypot situation. It's just a straight up um, uh, give these guys money for their, their work and get chummy with them. And then in the end, he, in a, he's really good at his job and ends up being a pedophile and they play that into it because they had no choice at that point because he was already deep in in the science part and doing well. I, again, I'm just I'm giving the government a tiny little bit. Of, There's uh, a disconnect. They didn't know how deep it was. Well, they didn't even know maybe that he was into that shit, like I said, until he was already getting them so much good intel. And then it was like, oh, shit, we can like use this way more to our benefit and you know here we are and uh, based on this the governments are not as corrupt as they may be uh no they're definitely as corrupt it just was inadvertently corrupt like they didn't plan for the sex to be the honeypot it just they, breeds once they saw that he was a sicko they were like how are we gonna make this work for us so they're still bad oh they're ter they're horrible they might even be worse they're worse they might even be worse. Well, his podcast is doing great. But you know what? Like, let's just say that Bernie had decided in his second time running because he saw in the first that the socialism wasn't going to get him to the end goal. You okay, Kay? Forget Bernie. This is just an example. And he had said, <laughs> I'm going to run on a platform of eradicating all pedophilia from the world. Don't you think you could win on a platform like that? No. No. Unless it's going to provide jobs. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's lacking a bit of substance there, Simon. I mean, people uh, get behind that for sure. I can get behind that platform, though. I agree with that yeah. 100%. Who can't get behind that platform besides pedophiles. the pedophiles? Yeah, yeah the church, thanks, Matt. The, church, the churches. Oh, right, and the churches. Yeah, a lot of money lost there, yeah. But I just don't feel like, uh, well, whatever. I mean, I guess it's silly because it's never happened, but then you ask yourself, why has, why has it never happened? Why aren't people running on those type of platforms? Why does it have to be a guy like Donald Trump to do it all behind the scenes? If that's what he's doing, you know? If that's what he's doing. Well, no, because I'm just not sure. I'm so unsure as to whether Donald Trump is, like, a, a terrible guy with good intentions or a terrible guy with bad intentions, you know? He can only be one. That's all I believe. And I think you know what I think. But um, speaking of bad guys, Joe keeps on touting the virtues of uh, Bill Gates. And I really believe that just like when we're, this is all said and done and we're going to see that China was like really involved in this thing, so was Bill Gates, man. When you look at uh, Bill Gates' dad and how huge he was into like uh, the world of eugenics and population control and all sorts of weird and wonky stuff, like... That's his son, man. You don't. You end up being a lot like your father. So Bill Gates cannot be trusted. Sorry, Maddie. Fuck you. 
Bill Gates cannot be trusted. I don't think I don't think Bill Gates can be trusted at all. I think he is a, a corrupt individual, and Amazing. I think these guys who are like um, getting old now, you know, they're seeing the the goalposts, and they want to see action come about while they're still alive to see it, and that's why we're we are where we are. Mainstream media, though, trusts Bill Gates. Thinks he's all right. Oh, beyond a doubt. It, the guy's giving $90 million or $900 million to come up with a cure to COVID. But you heard him say that he doesn't want people to get herd immunity. He wants them to use the cure. It doesn't sound good. Herd immunity starts to make sense after a while. I, all I'm saying is I agree. Get a cure out there as, hu- as, soon, as, as soon as humanly possible. But, like, if something else works in the meantime, I don't think you can turn your nose up at it. The only people who would do that would have some interest in making sure that you use what they want you to use. To make the world a better place. Have you guys ever seen the, um, fuck, I'm going to fuck up the name of this, but it's something like the Virginia Flagstones or there are these four huge stones uh, carved with all these rules on them. No, no, you don't know what I'm talking about. No. Anyways, it's like a big, um, like a monument that nobody knows who put up uh, on these giant pieces of stone carved in. And like the first one is the population should never get above 500 million people or whatever the number is. You know what I'm, what are we at now? Yeah, we're in the, seven, the billions. Seven I, billion. I, I think it's 500 million. And then some of the rules are really good. They're like, be good to your neighbor. You, you know, they're very like Ten Commandments-y. But then they'll have these weird eugenics ones thrown in. And it still stands. Nobody takes it down. There's a lot of attention being brought to it now because the number one thing is population control. Anyways, I wish I could remember what the actual name was. Maybe one of the four or five listeners will uh, the Virginia tablets <laughs> right into it. Nope, not the Virginia tablets. Maybe it's not Virginia at all. <laughs> okay, he's just throwing curveballs at it's, you. It's somewhere in the states, though, and uh, yeah, I'll look it up. I have a phone; I can do that. Um, anyways, what else do I got here for our man uh, Lex? The internet says he's worth about uh, 1.5 million. Who? Lex? Yeah. No way. Wow. Is that high or low, Simon? I think, I didn't think he would. I mean, he's just like a scientist guy. Yeah, but he's got. Is he making that jack off the podcast? Maybe. I'm sure he's done contributions for companies like Facebook or someone else or. He's respected. He just put it on his new podcast, Richard Dawkins. Mm-hmm. How long was it? Uh, an hour, I think. So Dawkins only gave him an hour as well. Okay, that's interesting. It, 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 it's pre-taped before this. You know what I've been <laughs> doing a lot is when I'm watching Netflix or whatever, like Joe was saying, and I'm like, "You guys, oh." 
or they'll say, we're going to New York. I'm like, you're not going to New York. You can't travel to New York. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like my brain is just so jacked up by this uh, incessant COVID COVIDity that it's really like seeped into my fucking everyday business. Yeah, I feel like it's a real blow against us getting you on a plane. Oh, that is a thousand percent <laughs> out the window. My We're going to have to take you on the, the two men underwater kayak. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, are we done with Lex then? Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about or we're we're done. All Sorry. right, Simon, you can rate it first, please. Um, well, just for the uh, total package of this one and the humor and everything, unintended humor because of Lex, I'm gonna give this one a three and a half. Okay, Kamar. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I thought it was great, three and a half, maybe even a, I want to say four, but it was just he was so fucking vulnerable. Oh, God, I hated this. One and a half. That's it. No more. No he more Lex. I a lot with his thinking no uh, more, paradigms. No more Lex. No more fucking guitars. No more. No Moss. And it was also relieving when he was talking to Joe about uh, Eric... Uh, um, What's his name? Sorry. Weinstein? Weinstein. Stein. Like Ben Stein. Uh... How Joe's like, yeah, when he started talking about the uh, dimensional physics, which I claimed as the grass, he was like, I lost it. I was, I was pretending to follow what he's saying, but I had no idea. Yeah, I made me feel good. So, uh, fellas, they're called the uh, Georgia Guidestones. Mm-hmm. And it's a granite monument erected in 1980 in Elbert County, Georgia, in the United States. A set of 10 guidelines is inscribed on the structure in eight modern languages, and a shorter message is, is inscribed at the top of the structure in four ancient language scripts. Okay, and um, just one second here. The 12 things are, or 10 rather, are number one, maintain humanity under uh, 500 million in perpetual balance with nature, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Number three, unite humanity with a living new language. Number four, rule, passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Number five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Number six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Number seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Number eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Number nine, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. And number 10, be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. They say that twice. So, again, (laughs) seems stupid. It's translated into all these different languages and it stands like, why haven't they taken this thing down? It's so weird. Is it racist? Well, it's not racist, but the it's, it doesn't seem like. Is it sexist? Okay. Go on. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying those are the things that would make something canceled. Well, it sounds religious. Mm-hmm. But it's not, not on. Well, religious things can stay up if they're not on government property. I think it sounds a little more ancient civilization than religious. 
Anyway. I, I, anyways. We're going to pay some and, bills. Or no, we're not. Is, okay. Oh, nope. sorry, sorry. The languages it's translated into, English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, traditional Chinese, and Russian, and then the four ancient scripts. Super weird, man. Anyway, sorry, Maddie. Bills, sorry. Yeah, no, we're going to take a break, pay some bills, and we will be right back. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Onnit.com. If you're like me, you wake up in the morning with brain fog, feeling lazy and confused. Your job or jobs require you to be on top of everything, but your mind often slows down, your attention drifts away, and your memory fails. Coffee and prescription meds have failed you, leaving you with jitters and a lack of sleep. Worst of all, it keeps happening when you need to be on top of your game. Lucky for you, Onnit may have the answer. With a team of scientists and researchers, Onnit took the best earth-grown botanicals and created a one-of-a-kind cognitive enhancer called AlphaBrain. It could be the solution you've been looking for. AlphaBrain works. It's been clinically studied to help healthy individuals support memory, focus, and processing speeds, and is made from natural ingredients found in nature. For a limited time, Onnit is giving you a chance to try AlphaBrain free of charge. That's right, I said it free. You just have to pay the shipping. Best of all, if you're not satisfied, you can keep the bottle and Onnit will give you a free refund. You don't even have to call. No hoops, no catch, nothing. It's as easy as could possibly be, entirely risk-free with a 100% money-back guarantee. So go to onnit.com slash J-R-E-E and try it today. That's O-N-N-I-T dot com slash J-R-E-E to try your Alpha Brain trial today. All right, Simon. All right, fourteen fifty six. Michael Shermer, your favorite. I'm done with this guy. I'm done. I'm done with this guy. Uh, what was your problem with him, Kay? Right off the bat, the first question that um, Joe asked him was about Germany and what's the deal with Germany, and he just speculated. But the fact of the matter is, Germany is doing the most tests of any country in the world. <laughs> And that's why they have such large numbers, because they've detected so many people. They're doing 350,000 tests a week. Okay. Can I tell you my theory on Germany? Yeah. Okay. I think that during the Second World War, Hitler was putting, like, through the fluoride and stuff in the water, putting all sorts of shit into the German people to make them more robust so that they'd win the war. And this is the leftover of that. This is the next generation of, of genes passed on that were boosted to be super soldiers of sorts. What do you I, think about that? I think it's the test. What do you think about that? Well, because that's my theory, like my personal theory. I didn't hear that somewhere. That came out of this old noggin. And what do you think about that, Kamar? I think it's the testing. <laughs> They've detected more cases. They have like a hundred and twenty-seven thousand cases of right. What would they? COVID. What would they tell you though that uh, this is the leftover from the uh, Third Reich super soldier uh, program, or that we do a lot of tests? Uh, they would tell you they did a lot of tests. It's mm. just like if we did three hundred fifty thousand tests a week in Ottawa, we would know in. Uh, what four days no one month how many people have it and how many don't i mean i agree with what you're saying kamar we okay. should definitely be doing testing 
just the fact that Michael Shermer, by the way, is worth seventeen million dollars. I did not couldn't know even, that. Could even put together that testing is one of the reasons why uh, the death rate in Germany seems so low because they're aware of so many cases. We've done four hundred thousand tests in Canada alone. Well, I mean, four hundred thousand is not a lot of tests. No, it is Jesus, isn't. Simon. Um, I mean, there's 36 mil. Are you done, Simon? Done, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, 400,000 tests is not a lot if there's 36 million of us. The percentage of the population. So, I mean, that that's the, the thing I've learned from Germany is we have to do testing. Yes, we're all in agreement here. If we had been doing testing, you know that I think Shermer said they have a test now that can at least tell you if you've had it and you have the uh, antibodies in you so you could give blood and help somebody else. Well, that was the most interesting thing I think he brought up for sure. But I still am. He is just a charlatan. He was on here to sell his book. Yeah. During a pandemic, yeah, which is about uh, social justice warriors, like it's it's a, a almost a year too late. Yeah, I I just I think he's out of touch at the end of the day. No, I hold on. I feel bad for the guy. He wrote the book before the pandemic, and they had planned to release it on said date. You know what I mean? Like they plan these things. Yeah, that's fair. Well in advance, it's just unfortunate the release of it, and I'm sure it's not going to be. Well, like, you know what I mean? I don't think it's going to be on the New York Times bestseller list. But I feel like Michael Sugarman's biggest credit now is Joe Rogan. Um, maybe. Simon, you disagree? That's, that's Well, that's a lot of people's biggest credit now because Joe Rogan is so huge. That's true. Yeah. So I, I, go on. Like a catch it's, a, it's a catch-22. Like, who, who is Shermer? And Joe has him as a reference, but why are you an expert? I'm an expert because you think I'm an expert. I see what you're saying. It's a paradox. Something like that. No, it's a paradox because he can't be, he can't have credibility without being on Joe, but he's only on Joe because he has credibility. No, but Joe had him on in the first place because he was a professional skeptic who had credibility. Like, yeah, it's, it's not a chicken or the egg scenario. It's pretty clear that Joe brought him on in the first place because he had something to offer. He didn't bring him on as some nobody and was like, Michael, I'm going to make you into the, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like an Oprah Dr. Phil thing. <laughs> Shermer's Dr. Phil. <laughs> yes. I like that. I like that a lot. Let me uh, throw a hypothetical out for you, okay? I'm going to lay out a little scenario for you. Please do. You tell you tell me what you think about this, okay? okay. Let's say there's this country. Let's call it um, Vagina, okay? Sick name for a country. Yeah, and for short, let's just <clears throat> call it Gina. Okay. Gina, okay? Yeah. And Gina has a tremendous population problem. And they have for the past, I don't know, let's just make up a number 50 years, okay? Okay. Now, in China, their way of dealing with a population problem is by opening up laboratories in counties called Bluhan or something and making these viruses so that they release them 
let's say twice a year or something, and it just, you know, takes out the old. Or, yeah, let's just stick with the old, okay? So or it unhealthy. moderates... And I guess you could have, it doesn't have to be twice a year. It could be 10 times a year. And in this Gina place, they are constantly wearing masks. And from the outside world, we medical masks. We were like, who are these Chinese? You know what I mean? Why are they always wearing masks? It must be because of all the smog in their country. Or at least that's what our television networks were to tell us. Meanwhile... The Chinese, sorry, the Chinese people know that in China, these viruses are being released all the time and they have to wear these masks to keep themselves from dying. Can I ask you a question? Should you yeah, not have on. started this off with a conspiracy minded person? Right. A conspiracy. <laughs> Let's go back. That's all I can think the whole time. <laughs> um, but what do you think about that? I mean, look. So you're this, this, actually being put out on purpose. So, so look, the, every every year for the past fifty years, China has been releasing these mini viruses that they were able to control once it did its intended job. Okay, everybody mm -hmm. in China knows is going on, and it's become like a system of checks and balances. Simon, you forever fucked me up now. Unfortunately, this virus got out of control. It got out of China, yeah. and it got over the oceans. Go ahead, Maddie. Sorry. Now, every time Trump says China, I'm just going to hear you saying China, 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 China. <laughs> well, this China. hypothetical country would be in a lot of trouble if they knew anything and did not tell anyone else as soon as possible well let me throw out another piece of the pie in china maybe they count on like i was saying earlier about a real country they count on a certain amount of growth every year they for the past however many years they've seen the writing in the sand especially since trump got elected and or uh, a guy like uh, a trump you know in, in, this in this hypothetical in this hypothetical situation um and they had no choice but to um, make it so it wasn't an unintended consequence, but an intended consequence so that they could then, like we were saying earlier, come in and look like the white knight that saves the day. As they do look like right now. And then we, we don't say take all the business away from this Gina place, you know? Hypothetically. Hypothetically. And I guess if things got bad enough, you know what? No, let's just leave it there. I think that's... What do you think about that? It's a lot to unpack. Yeah. It's a lot to unpack. So you're... Right. Uh, I mean, I know that was just a hypothetical and you're just throwing that out there, but it sounds like you're pretty deep into this COVID conspiracy. Well, a conspiracy-minded person would definitely see the possibility of some tomfoolery going on. Well, Shermer said absolutely not, right? A, a lot of people say absolutely not. But this is what I keep coming back to is... You keep coming back to the Bay of Pigs and... Uh, well, yeah. And Operation Paperclip Operation Northwood, and Northwoods, whatever, yeah. Right, of course, no. But what I was going to say was, look, whatever you want to say, real place, China... 
Yeah. Wuhan had a biological virus factory. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it, laboratory, whatever. Yeah. And three blocks away, a massive virus pandemic was started by somebody eating a bat. That is a humongous coincidence. This is 4chan. Humongous. Humongous coincidence, you think? It, it ju- Listen, it may be. It may be a coincidence, but it's a huge one, man. It's I a think, whopper. I think it's kind of irrelevant, though, because the damage has been done. It's not at all irrelevant. What's more interesting is that this spot where all this allegedly happens is all right now. Mary? Well, that goes exactly... And we're worse to- off. Right, so... Go back to my original uh, hypothetical about the country of China. Yeah. That's exactly what they're looking for, right? That they knew how to control it all along. And eventually, they're going to give us the solution as well. White knight. So, (laughs) hypothetically, everyone would have to just disown China and treat them almost like a North Korea. Yes. But that's not going to happen. Well, we don't know what's going to happen. Well, I mean... It depends how bad this thing gets. In your hypothetical, does the whole world owe this China country a lot of money? Well, just in in this uh, hypothetical, Matt, let's just play that out a little bit. So let's say there was another country, Kramerica... That okay. owed China a bunch of money. Yeah. What would be the easiest way to eliminate that debt? Would be to turn the rest of the world against China, and then you never have to pay them. Really? Is that how debts work? No, but that's it. Look, nobody would then be like, "Hey, Kramerica, how come you're welching on your your uh, debt with China?" Everybody would just be like, "Fuck China." Okay, but then what if that country needs money again and goes to one of those other countries and says, hey, can you lend us some money? And they go, yeah, but I mean, you owe China a bunch of money and then you turned everyone against them, so I'm going to pass. Hard pass. I mean, that's that's possible, but maybe it doesn't play like that. Maybe they're like, good for you, Kramerica, for standing up to China. Here, take our money. What if China doesn't absolutely cop to being responsible feels they can help out and makes reparations that's not good enough right i mean maybe it is i i have no idea how this thing plays out that's a possibility i guess hypothetical a total hypothetical can we get back to Shermer? yeah sure well i'm just we've spent 10 minutes on your uh no, it's difficult to go back to Shermer because he's bringing nothing to the table here (laughs) he brought stuff to the table kamar how about 20 million bats living in the same cave? I don't care about the coronavirus and the bats. Just that as a stat on its own. That's disgusting. It's pretty goddamn staggering. Well, did well, you we ever talked s- about that last week, yeah. I mean, did you ever see the... Uh, it was one of those Netflix, like, uh, National Geographic-type documentaries where they're in that cave, and the bat shit is, like, seven stories high. There's just a, a wall of bat shit. It's... Staggering. It's probably toxic to humans. Well, and when they fly out of the uh, that because they go in and out of the same yeah entrance, entrance it's insane, yeah. man. Like you can't even see the sky. Yeah, it's just black with bats. 
And uh, so they're saying that Corona could have been here since as early as maybe November now. Yeah. That's a, that's interesting. Well, that's interesting in the fact that a bunch of people may have it and be fine. Well, I don't know if you that's guys heard, but like Bert... Testing would help. Bert, uh, the other day, thinks that he's like, I think I had swine flu in 2009. H1N1, yeah. Yeah, because he describes how sick he was and where he went. And like, I mean, then it was Dr. Drew that was like, I think you had H1N1. So people are like, well, Dr. Drew doesn't know shit about shit. So, but yeah, Bert thinks he got H1N1 way back when it was like a thing. So does, um, does Tom Segura's um, alliance with Dr. Drew leave a bad taste in your mouth? Well, we know Tom's defense of Tom Hanks leaves a bad taste in our mouth. Well, he didn't defend Tom Hanks. What are you talking about? Hey, you know what just dawned on me? No, well, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. No, well, real quick. back to you... that, Kamar. Real quick. Coming I, back to that. I, got, yeah, go ahead. I was viciously ill around Christmas. Do you remember yep. that? Like I missed uh, Christmas. I I was in bed. I threw. I like. I woke up Christmas morning, and was in bed until New Year's Day. Pretty. Did much. you have a really dry cough though, and then lung stuff? Because if not, it was probably just. The no, flu. I, I'm assuming it was just the flu. But I'm yeah. thinking about. It. But that, that's the problem with saying like this thing's been around since November. Is you then sit there and like any sickness yes. you had, you're like. Well, and that's why that test, where it could at least tell you if you've had it, would be very handy. Yes, then you could get out to work. You could, like we said, give your blood. You could become an interesting, an interesting member of society. Here's what I want to know: If they use your, like, let's say they, let's say they found one person in the world that was immune, and then they took their antibodies and made, um, I don't know, uh, an, a vaccine for it. Does that person get comped by the pharmaceutical companies? Do they get a chunk of the pie? Obviously not, because they'd be doing it by now. What do you mean? 400,000 people have recovered from this. So there's 400,000 people they could do the antibodies from. I'm not even talking I mean, about recovery, though, Kamar. I'm talking about someone that's talking immune. About I'm talking about someone that's immune to it. If you find someone that's naturally immune, I believe, oh. I believe those antibodies are actually the ones you're looking for. Because if you inject those into everyone, then they can't get it at all. I believe, but I'm a dummy, so who cares? Yeah, the biggest problem is with the deaths, um, the pre-existing issues or anything like that to really find out how many people coronavirus itself is killing. Well, I sent you that YouTube link, didn't I? That's just like the constant corona ticker. But how many of those people were going to die next week anyways? How, how many people have died from coronavirus in January and nobody even knew it was coronavirus because they weren't testing for it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know why you're so hung up on the numbers. Like, that's, you seem to be, you've mentioned this throughout the whole thing. They're not mentioning the numbers, the recovery He's numbers. He's been mentioning like, it since the beginning. Right at the start, he was really into the recovery numbers. Why are they not announcing the recovery numbers? Well, and but I just are, don't, I don't understand why that matter. like... If people are dying, people are dying. Yeah, it's a real sticking point for you. And I'm just curious as to what... Like, do you just think the government is not releasing how many people are recovering from this? No, I think a lot more people have it or, or are immune to it than we think. Okay, fair enough. Like like you're saying, those people are out there 
and they could be around. Why would you get a test for something if you never got sick for it? Well, I mean, I, yeah, I, I guess the point of is like, if you've been actually quarantining yourself for 31 days, you wouldn't test yourself because it's 14 I, days. I'm saying if you've been in quarantine for 31 at this point, because you said it was 28 days that people have that this thing's been going on, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's so if you've been at home for 28 days, why would you get a test is my point, especially if there aren't that many. Because you maybe have had it and you don't even get sick. So, again, Simon, what would you what would you do? Yeah, I don't know. This pink gorilla that I got is very nice. I don't know, Kamar. I knew, sorry. No, that's it. I, I just don't know what to answer to Kamar. Like, I, I don't I don't know, Kamar. Well, let's move on to something else then. Well, that's all uh, Shermer yeah. and him talked about was fucking COVID. I knew before Shermer even said it, but I like that he was like, I wrote this book partially because of the debate with Graham Hancock on your show. And now Graham and I are good friends. And that's kind of neat that he was able to have his mind changed. You, you know what I'm saying, Kamar? To, Turn a negative to, into positive. Absolutely. That's right. I don't dislike Mike Shermer. I just, I don't revere him. I don't think I ever did, but I used to think there's a good perspective, but now I'm just thinking he's just, I don't know. I don't mean to disparage him. I thought Shermer also made a good point when he said, look, conspiracy theorists are often wrong. And so are scientists. Like, that's showbiz, baby. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. That's part of the game, um, both of those things. Like, that's what scientists do. They try a bunch of things that don't work until they find one that does. I never heard the word anecdotal and anecdote used so much in a conversation. And it made me think how close anecdote is to antidote. They sound almost the same. This is a good point, Kamar. Wow, this, this has devolved into nothing. An- Assignment, another, I do have another a question. Oh, I have an important question for you, um, and it has to do with conspiracy theories. With Gina? <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with yeah. Gina. Um, okay. Does a conspiracy theory have to involve humans? Like, is a conspiracy... Because you, you're obviously a big believer in aliens. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's say, let's say like, a David Icke thinks that uh, there's people... Li- lizard people living under the crust of the Earth, right? Yeah, he doesn't believe that anymore, but at one point... Fine, did, yeah, yeah, okay. So let's go back to when he did. Um, is yeah. it still a conspiracy theory at that point if it doesn't involve humans? Like, if it's against well, us? I think it just has to be... Uh, the person doing the conspiracy has to be smart enough to know what they're doing. So can wolves have a conspiracy? Probably not. But can aliens? Definitely. Fair enough. In my opinion. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, certainly no, that was... not the, the doyen on uh, conspiracy theories. You know what I mean? Fair enough. I just thought uh, maybe you'd have a definitive answer for me. Um, another interesting point Shermer made was just about when you are um, listening to somebody else's opinion, even if you don't agree with them, sometimes that just goes to strengthen your own opinion, which is never a bad thing. You know what I mean? Like, which is why his whole book is about giving everybody their due. Well, I liked his point about uh, how he, if, what was it? His pro, all his pro choice students, he would make them watch Ben Shapiro 
mm-hmm. lectures because he was like, if you can't if you can't understand their side and debate it properly, then your side doesn't then your side of the argument doesn't even matter. That's right. That's brilliant. Um, the title of his book was "Give the Devil His Due." That's which it. Which yeah. is a, a great title. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with his stance with the freedom of speech. What was his stance on the freedom of speech? Oh yeah, well, I agree he's with just it too. Yeah, completely for it. Yeah, hundred percent. All sides. Well, and that goes back to what I was saying about Dan Crenshaw, about having, you know, I recognize the need to have a Dan Crenshaw in the room. I might disagree with his, I might, you know, disagree with a lot of his points and his stances, but I recognize that you can't just have one voice in the room unison. I mean, there's certain, obviously there's certain things that we all agree on, but anyway, what was that, Simon? What's wrong? Just heard something. Are you drinking booze? Nope. Oh, that's too bad. I was hoping maybe you're getting a little day drunk for drink, the podcast. Drinking by, drinking by myself? We should do that one day. I mean, Kamar doesn't drink anymore, neither do I, but maybe one day you just get shitty wasted, like, at the start of the podcast. Well, we had that one episode with the wine where things just devolved, man. It was, yeah. uh, it was no good. Great, for cr- yeah. great, great content. I don't remember that. Who was drinking wine? Kamar? Kamar and we started arguing about Trump and things just got fucking silly. Yours truly. I don't remember. Oh, sounds fun. Um. Yeah, I think that's about it for uh, for what? our friend Shermer. Really? Well, I mean, listen, they talked a lot about COVID, so I mean, we can talk about it more. No, 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 um, no. That's the last like thing every, I want to talk about. Everybody talked about it. They talked a little bit about Hitler. If you want to talk about that, go on. No, just that's, I mean, I don't have a lot to add to that, except I heard a theory the other day that um, Hitler was actually uh, being controlled by some other group even more evil than the Nazis, which I don't think is beyond reason. Hmm. Like, we know that a lot of the evil people in the world have been put where they were by other evil people who just didn't want to get their hands dirty. Like that's a, that play is as old as time. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, a conspiracy minded person doesn't have to go too far <laughs> to, uh, yeah, that's to true. Two and two together to get six, you know, it's just interesting if these people exist, if they're working with a country, say like China, or they are taken by surprise by say like a country like China's actions. Right. I wonder if they're working with a lot of countries, you know what I mean? Simon, what does the Chinese flag look like? Um, <laughs> I think it's a clitoris. Kamar's got it. Kamar. <laughs> it's too. It, it looks like open tulip. Yeah, I was just. I, I was think it's say a clitoris. It definitely has a flower a, on it, right? <laughs> with a golden star in the middle. Maybe. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Just where checking. the G spot is. Just checking. The G spot for Gina. Yeah, the Gina spot. <laughs> the Gina spot. Um, I've still haven't found it. Are we done with Shermer then? That's it, really. I I might have to make that flag, Maddie. Yeah, do that tonight. You got another time. Just giving myself a little project. The Chinese flag. All right. Well, I guess we'll rate it then. Kamar, we'll start with you, please. Like I said, uh, I just don't feel Michael Shermer anymore. I give it a two. All right, Simon. I give it a uh, a three point. Five. Yeah, this one gets a three for me. So uh, I, I didn't mind it, Kamar. To be honest, I was going in like I can't believe this asshole's on, but uh, I was 
surprised by how I didn't mind the episode. So there you go. I thought he was going to be on long before this because Joe kept quoting him about Epstein. Even Shermer thinks it's a conspiracy. Yeah, and they barely touched on that. Barely, barely barely Barely. touched on that. Well, because they, you know, a lot of it was taken up by theoretical countries. Anecdotes. And what they may or may not be doing. And anecdotal stories. Yeah. All right, well... Thank you for putting up with the uh, the. Um, you don't want to talk about Brendan Schaub? Did you listen to it, Simon? I did. I have a couple of notes on it. I mean, we don't have to do it if you don't want to. We can do it in the post. No, 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 no. You- listen, you guys do it. I, I'll comment. I didn't listen to it because it wasn't on the docket, and I don't give a fuck. Once UFC got canceled, I was like, this is a useless podcast. So it's kind of a cool moment when it gets canceled on the on air. The air. Yeah, it was is telling a super me. Cool moment. Yeah. And it really wasn't about MMA at all, even though I think they went in with the intention to talk about it. Joe was talking about happy, how happy his kids are right now. Because he's around him a lot more. Well, and you know, I, I don't know what Joe's house is like, but I imagine they have a pool. I imagine they have all sorts of fun stuff for the kids to do. You know what I mean? They're all right with their prison. Well, yeah, they're, exactly. They're probably learning archery out back in the fucking beautiful weather by the pool. Oh, shit. Uh, you don't want to talk about this now. We'll definitely talk about this in the post show. But, Kamar, you have to remind me to talk about Saturday Night Live. Okay. Oh, yes. Tom yes, Hanks. Yes, yes. Tom I Hanks. Is that yeah. the top of my list? That's it. Okay, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Joe talked um, about um, how he saw World War Z and he could only watch it 40 minutes before he grossed him out. Well, he said he was getting anxiety because of the pandemic kind of feel to the whole thing. And meanwhile, so I hear that and I get this total itch to watch World War Z. And it's available nowhere. Okay, good. Weird. It used to be on Netflix. They, they it used to be the- on Netflix. I turned my nose up at it. for Matt, I have watched so much shitty shit on Netflix that I never would have watched in a million years. I watched that fucking Mac and Dean go to high school <laughs> with Snoop Dogg. Like, I am at the bottom of the motherfucking barrel. LA Originals. I'm on the first episode. It's pretty good. It's only one episode, I thought. Oh, is that it? Yeah, it's just one episode, but it's great. It's a great documentary. Um, That's it? It's only about Mr. Cartoon? There's no... It's only about Estevan Oriel, Estevan Oriel. Oriel yeah, and, and Mr. Mr. Cartoon. Cartoon. It's just the two of them. Yeah, yeah. It's, I have a feeling there'll be more. Sure, but this one is just... Uh, I think you're right, Matt, because they had this huge show in LA called uh, Beyond the Streets, mm-hmm. which then moved to New York. It was a giant graffiti show. They took over this huge warehouse and everybody did these massive installations like Banksy did an installation, uh, um, just tons of artists. And I think a bunch of things are going to spawn from that hmm. because it brought uh, graph into, you know, what did you think about Brendan Schaub's uh, attitude towards the whole pandemic, Simon? I thought it was very odd. I, I get, I get a very weird, vibe from brendan schaub where i'm give not a fuck about sure it. what he thinks and what he doesn't i know that he's become totally into conspiracies um but he wouldn't talk about them with joe so i just i'm not sure what uh but he did talk about the manson um conspiracy the idea that manson was a government CIA. um cia operative which you know, now that we know what we know about the Harvard shit and all of that, certainly doesn't seem like that far of a stretch. A cons- uh, um, conspiracy-minded person, again, doesn't have to go too far to make that one work. 
it makes more sense that that happened than being random. And the Unabomber, and then you start wondering about the Unabomber, is that one of those situations where, again, it was the government thinking they were doing one thing and then it just getting totally out of their control, you know? Like China. Like, like China. They created a monster that was too smart for them to control. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Crazy parallel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they were talking about how lucky people are that they're uh netflix specials are coming out right now Mm -hmm. do you agree or disagree well obviously if people are like you at the bottom of the barrel (laughs) ready for anything but then he said i some people waited two months and uh now they they can't do this or whatever he said i should have waited six years that was that was amazing eh? that was amazing I thought that was great. His, his special sucks. So it was actually the funniest thing I've ever heard Brendan Schaub say. <laughs> yeah, very self-aware. Perfect timing. He he's driving 170 miles per hour. Yeah, I don't get it. You have like kids, buddy. He he's reckless. He's just reckless, and he's not worried about the pandemic whatsoever. I mean, he is a fighter after all. Like you have to have a certain kind of oh, don't no. give three, a ship attitude. Three letters. Like a Navy C T E. No doubt. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, straight up. So he did say, though, that the UFC has a deal with ESPN where they have to put on 42 fights a year. And if they don't hit that... No, I think it's 42. And if they don't hit that number... Maybe it's 72, Kamar. Sorry, I don't know. Um, Whatever that number is, if they don't hit it, they don't get their $700 million bonus. And that's why... um, The show must go on. That's why. What's his name? Yeah, but that contract oh has to be. Did, yeah, but this, that con- this occurred to me right now. That's why Dana is pushing so hard, and that's why Disney put a stop to it because then they don't have to pay out the bonus. Why? If Disney stops you, then the contract most likely becomes null and void. You can't put in a contract that you have to throw X amount of shows and then say you can't throw any shows. Kibosh. That's what that's what Shab was alluding to. That there wasn't an out in this contract. That if they don't put on the shows then they don't get paid. And just really, it just came to me right now that that would be a way, if it is written into their contract like that, that Disney could get away with uh, not having to pay out the bonuses. Because they say to themselves, you know, the money we're going to make for the actual event isn't worth what we have to pay out to him. No, no. I'm t- Listen, the, they want to make money and they don't, I, I don't buy that. I just, okay, listen. They, and especially yeah. Shab, Shab, like, like this guy knows contract law. Fuck out of here. I mean, he, he does. He alludes that he knows a lot. Yeah, agreed. All right, fair enough. And so they're talking about uh, based on releases that James Bond was pushed back. Yeah. And Joe proclaimed that Daniel Craig is the best James Bond. I agree, one hundred percent. I think so. I mean, I, close second for me is Sean Connery and Roger Moore. I respect who I, was. I respect Sean Connery, but I never liked the movies he was in in the James Bond. I liked Roger Moore more than Sean Connery, and I liked Daniel Craig way more than them all. The man, <clears throat> the man with the golden gun, hands yeah, down my dating. favorite. No, which one is that, Maddie? Who's the bad guy in that? The man <clears throat> with the golden gun, Mr. Scaramanga, and he has mm-hmm. the midget. Yes, uh, short, short, short stuff, short round, short, short stuff, short round. No, short round was Indiana Jones. No, hold on. What's his name? 
It's um We oui, Monsieur Scaramanga. Yeah, 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 yeah. What is his name though? It's uh He was from Fantasy Island. Si- sidekick? I don't think it was Sidekick. Here, I'll pull he it up. He was a character in GoldenEye. No, it was Maddie. Odd Job in GoldenEye. Odd Job. That's oh, not, it's not Odd, odd that's Job. Odd Job okay. is a different guy. Okay, odd sorry, Job threw sorry. his hat, remember? Mhm. That's who I was thinking of. Here, man with the I know the name of the actor oddly enough was Hervé Vilshavy or Vil... Kamar, you didn't do a uh, movie game. I am doing the movie game right now for Casino oh. Royale. Uh. Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got lost right in the man with the golden gun. I just let you go for it. What a wild dude. What a wild cat wow. this guy is. Wow. I, I was worried because there's nothing really in the three uh, normal week's episodes. They would squeeze the MMA in. But yeah, that's the movie. Casino Royale starring Daniel Craig. My Hold on. personal favorite of his era. Can I just say his name, Simon, was Nick Knack. Nick Knack, thank you. Son Good of Paddywhack. And it was- Such great names in James Bond, eh? From the uh, villainesses to the bad guys. Yeah. And Britt Eklund was in that. She was great. It was, oh, what a great movie that one was. Right, Who was the woman in that one, Maddie? As I said, Mary Goodnight, Britt Eklund. Mar- Mary Goodnight. Yeah. Great. Great. I'm going to start calling my Mary that. Mary, good night. Can I have a pen? Here we go. Okay, so it's Casino Royale. Are you asking me for a pen? Yeah, can you pass me a pen? Thanks. It's like that guy. Casino Royale. Okay. Starring Daniel Craig, Eva Green, Mads Mikkelsen, Giancarlo Gianni, Jeffrey Wright, and Judy Dench. Okay, here. Let me get rid of the computer so you don't think I'm cheating. There we go. Year first. Was this Daniel first. Craig's first James Bond movie? No. I don't think it was his first. Okay, I, I have no idea. Go. <laughs> okay, I said uh, 2008. Whoa. I said 2014. Whoa. 2006. Wow. Got to get back in time. Simon, the only reason I went back that far was because I thought, when was poker, like, the biggest? Because that's why they put it in the movie, right? Because the poker boom? Mm-hmm, right, yes. You know I don't I mean? even remember that movie at all. Now that you're saying poker, I remember it. Casino Royale, I remember the whole movie. Gotcha. Yeah, the guy bled okay. from the eyes, yeah. Bond. Yep, yep, they yep, played yep, that yep. huge, ridiculous hand. It was like, straight flash, full house, quads, you know? No, sorry, yeah. this was his first right. This was his first James Bond movie. Really? Yeah. Wow, okay. Wow, okay. So okay. 2008, six. 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 Okay. Oh my God, this is crazy. 2006. I'm going stupid here. So for the new listeners, we're looking for the closest to in budget by $5 million and the closest to box office within $50 million. Often they're spot on. Often they are nowhere near. No, often we are nowhere near. You can't often be both. <laughs> I'm an optimist. Simon, I'm ready, buddy. Okay. All right. You want me to go first? Oh, let me just say for the record, my numbers are stupid. But yeah, sure, you go first. Okay. So I'm just going to make it an even $100 million for the budget. Okay. And I'm going to say that it grossed 345 
All right. So I had uh, budget was 160.4, and it made 480.3. Oh, you got, you got to dare to dream. The budget was 150 million. Wait. So I'm within it with 50. No, I'm 10 off. No, I had it's I five. Said, it's five. Oh, five from the budget. And I'm okay, 10 and, off, yeah. Right. And, and in box office, 600 million. Oh, my God. Well, I was closer there. I said 480. Yeah. See, I don't see how that's possible that it was 600 million. Star Wars broke the record at like 500 million. And then, um, what's it called? The Avengers broke that. Like you're crazy, Simon. This, Avengers had like a billion dollars. You're nuts. Oh, you're right. That was first weekend, I think, Matt. Yeah, you're right. You're I'm, nuts. I'm confused. Yeah. yeah, and this is 2006. Okay, no problem. Both those movies are afterwards. It's all good. Nobody won. It's all good. Way off, but that's the movie game. We've got through it. All right, let's get this fucking episode done with. I've had enough of you guys. They all. They also just mentioned what good timing this was for John Jones. The pandemic and is like no one cares about anything anyone does right now. It's you know what's really this, now's the time. You know what? Who else I was thinking it's good for? T.J. Dillashaw. He did for something his bad? suspension. Well, he's on a two-year suspension, and right now no one can fight, so he's at. I like, wonder if that counts as part of the suspension, or if there has to be fights going on for you to. They serve can't your say time. that. No, no, they couldn't say that. Just, just by the by, Fight Island was a real thing, and it was going to have maritime law. Okay. Just throwing that out there. So they were just going to shoot each other. Tony pulls out a yeah. gun. Tony shanks Khabib. And listen, I I need a I got to get in touch with Joe somehow because I I need to let him know that his knife is not going to help him against that mountain lion and that he should be carrying around one of those half katana blades. Have you seen a picture of the knife, Simon? I saw it. It's an extension knife, like. Yeah, I know, but I just think you're better off with the katana blade. I think okay, you'll well, feel better. This is definitely this is definitely post Joe stuff. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to, uh, what what what's these looks about? Hmm. So what's it's these looks they, about? They talked about it in the episode. I'm not just making it up. In what the yeah, MMA it, episode that we never yeah. cover? It yeah. was a good well, episode. It was a good episode. Anyways, yeah, it sounds post Joey to me. Um, thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. We're sorry for the remoteness of this. Uh, we are working on it fast and furious. Um, if you want to, uh, get in touch with us, we have an email. It's J R E E podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have a Twitter and an Instagram. It's J R E E podcast for both of them. You can follow Kamar on Instagram at Kamar bar, Twitter and Instagram for the weather. You can follow Simon on Instagram at Bigfoot Sighting Society. You can follow me on Instagram at Floydy, F-L-O-Y-D with five E's. Uh, we have a Reddit or a subreddit, excuse me. It's uh, J-R-E-E podcast. And there's a Patreon. If you want to jump on the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash J-R-E-E podcast. Uh, you'll get episodes of This Won't Age Well, all the new ones, as well as the uh, post show early. You can jump on for as little as a dollar a month. It supports us. And don't forget about Alpha Brain. Go get your free sample. What's wrong, Simon? You look like... Get your alpha brain. What's wrong? <laughs> Nothing, Matty. I'm just listening to your pleasant voice. Oh, you look Give like... the you're... salute. I'm just wondering what the fuck Kamar is doing. It's fine. I'll edit him out. You won't even be able to hear him. Um, yeah, go to onit.com slash J-R-E-E to get your free trial of alpha brain. Oh, my God. There's his dick. <laughs> my phone um, was dying. It's fine. To get your free trial of alpha brain, go to onit.com slash J-R-E-E. 
Uh, it only is good if you're within the United States. So if, like us, you're in Canada, you're shit out of luck. However, if you do go to alphaonit.com slash jree and you make a purchase, it helps us. So uh, go do that. And uh, we hope you guys are doing well in your quarantine. <clears throat> this wheeze is ridiculous. We hope uh, you're stay, uh, staying safe, staying home. And uh, that's it. Simon, Keep do your, your eyes open. Yes. There you go. There you go. Keep your eyes open, as Simon said. Have a great week, weekend. Goodbye.